0: Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network.
1: We love our drummers and bass players, but the guitar is the backbone of rock and roll. It's a relatively simple instrument that can sound so incredibly different in the hands of different people. Slash, Carlos Santana, Dwayne Allman, Nancy Wilson, Joe Satriandi, Hendrix, Jeff Beck, B.B. King, all amazing musicians making completely different sounds with the same instrument. On today's episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're each sharing our top six guitar players of all time. We're going to defend our picks, talk about what makes these musicians so great, and of course, listen to some great tunes. Let's go. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode 24. I am Bruce Kramer and I am sharing the microphones with my two very good friends and co hosts, Mr. Doug McCusker and Mr. Ryan McCusker.
2: Eep, op, orc, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Are you rocking out there?
1: Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia, and we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Tonight, we are going all the way down to the bottom of the fretboard to talk about our top six guitar players of all time.
2: This was great. This is a great idea, in my opinion. Oh, you, wait a minute. It was my you idea. You were oh, overflowing yeah. oh, with yeah. great yes. ideas,
1: and this is yes. one of the best yeah. ones.
2: I, uh, I I came up with a better title than I think the show's going to do.
1: I stopped at McCusker's uh, to have a beer before we came over here, and Jesse, the bartender, was like, the, pit, the, the title you have for the show is awesome tonight. Yeah, I I guitar really like picks. It. Yeah. He's like, I, Ryan's probably all nerded out all the research he was doing all week. No. Uh,
2: it's easy. I love doing it. Dude, yeah. this was
1: I, I say this every week, man. This was a this was a really tough list to come down to because I the guitar, like I said in the monologue band, it's a relatively simple instrument. Like you could pick it up. We talked about this at the Ramones episode, right? Like you yeah. can pick it up. You can learn a couple chords and you can you can kind of figure it out. Like I, I own a couple of guitars and I'm kind of like a monkey yeah. banging on it. But then also you can go. As complicated with it is you know, there's so many different sounds and styles. And, it's all what you put into it. It's yeah, like man. any instrument. Sure.
0: That's like, you know, growing up, me you know, even the guitar isn't Ryan or myself's like primary instrument. We're both guitar junkies. Like we love, like
1: growing up, love guitar solos. Love the bigger, the better, you know? Yeah, man. And when you guys said you want to do the top six, it was like, okay, did I put my favorites? Do, do you look at it technically? And we didn't, we didn't define this ahead no, time. I, time.
2: I didn't want to go cliché. So, like, I kept Hendrix off my list. You know, I kept um, Chuck Berry off my list. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to make it more fun.
1: You know, yeah, maybe, just trying to think outside the box. Maybe myself. more
2: things that were influenced on me
1: than like the entire world. Yeah. And I think I looked at it as a combination of musicians I really, really like, musicians that have like a unique sound. Even when I was doing my research, I tried looking up like what makes those musicians that I picked. Sounds so differently and some of the stuff i mean one of my guys i saw like a look like a wiring diagram of like this is how they set their (laughs) gear up and all this stuff and i was like all right i'm this is over my head i'm gonna bore people to death if i pull this shit out well
2: you know like i'm a drummer and there's only like so much shit you can buy being a drummer you know but when you play the guitar it's like you're uh you have, like, the world to you. There's, like, so many different pedals and pickups and different sounding. And then you can have multiple guitars. It's like, I can't have multiple drum sets in the house. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, like, even though I play bass, you know, when I started playing again in last five years ago, I picked up a Thunderbird, a Gibson Thunderbird, and Ryan's like, dude, you've been playing for 30 years. It's about time you found your sound. And I've owned, like, a million basses in, in my life, you know. but well, maybe not a million, but... You know close right. in my mind, but um, it takes a long time to find that sound. You know, people spend a lifetime trying to find that sound.
2: I always get a kick out of it. somebody picks up that instrument, they have their own style, it sounds differently. You know, um, my friend Timmy could pick up the guitar and sound totally different than my guy Dave, you know, and uh, they're both great guitar players, but they both have two different outlooks on the guitar,
1: and I guess that's like your style, and it's the the actual guitar that you're using sure. and your your gear and what kind of like pedals and and all the other crap do you have like well that's amps. why you know
0: a lot of guitar players name their guitars you know and it, it's all about what comes out that guitar like something you would play on one guitar might not come out you want to play it on another like it's all about expression and like what you're feeling and what that you know
1: what the guitar brings out in you musically yeah man like the um the layer like the even the the devices beyond the guitar uh. Do you guys watch that movie with Jack White, Jimmy Page? Yeah, uh, Mike it Loud. Song, yeah. Yeah. And they were, they were showing, like, the edge. And he was playing, um... Oh, what the hell's that song? I can hear it on my head, the one, do, two, two song. Anyway, uh... Elevation okay. He was playing the guitar riff from Elevation With all the You know It's got that yeah. But then yeah. he unplugged all of his gear And he's like This is just what this I'm playing it, yeah. And it's like one note That yeah. like like I could play Yeah, yeah. We, you we, know, it's,
0: Where the edges stand You can lance, launch a space shuttle Where he's stands. Yeah, from. yeah with, all, shit the, with all the crap his, he has yeah. on his yeah. you know. That's his sound You know Yeah And then he got somebody like Jack White Who uses effects But his sound's a little bit more simpler In my
2: opinion Yeah I mean the Edge has such a rhythm guitar playing I mean U2 is a rhythm band um, And the edge has such a great rhythm part and he plays the lead on top of it yeah
1: yeah and then you have jimmy page right he's just jimmy page you're right the complete opposite yeah. um with the solos
0: and everything else that was a great documentary though if anybody out there has never seen it definitely check it out if you're a guitar lover
1: yeah it was it really dove into like it was jack white kind of joking saying like i'm going to try to learn as much as i can from these two masters and sure. everything from their technique to how their gear is set up and their philosophy of playing guitar it was really cool i watched it today yeah, just seeing them all together yeah. Yeah.
0: and yeah. i wasn't a jack white fan before i watched that documentary i thought he was kind of pompous and this net and, and i found him more interesting than the other two guys in it because I didn't know anything about him. He, he's he's also being like a fan. You he, know, he's yeah, kind of fanboy. Yeah. He's clearly the well, youngest Jesus one. Jesus
1: Christ, you got Jimmy Page <laughs> yeah there. Right. What do you do? Yeah. But he, hold, he held his own. Like, he was the most interesting, I thought, in that. Yeah. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. So I guess the way we did this too, we didn't really put them in any sort of particular order. We just each picked six guitar players that we really really liked and uh i didn't realize that until we we until we got here and started setting up our gear because i tried to put mine in some sort of order yeah. and i was like damn it who do i how do i put this person over another person so i can dismiss my yeah the how, order know, I, put I just,
2: them in. how can you put any of these like this part like i can't do it like my favorite is not better than this guy or so forth you know yeah
1: and i think even man this this list is like it depends on how I felt when I put it together. Sure. You know, like the mood you're in. Is yeah, just like what day just, is it? Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. Yesterday I was talking about Joe Satriani, and now I don't even, he's not even making my list.
1: Yeah. I have a really long list of like um, honorable mentions at the end that I i don't think any of the three of us have. And it was like, it took me 30 seconds to come up sure. with the name of all these amazing yeah. musicians that... I
2: mean, we'll be here all week if we're, we're talking <laughs> right, about right. guitar players. Right.
1: All right. So you just want to dive in? Sure, yeah, right, man. So, Let's
2: go to the first guitar. All right, so the, the guitar f- slinger.
1: The first one that I had was Ted Nugent. Now
2: he is a gunslinger.
1: <laughs> he, he is. He, he is, man. He's, he's something else, ain't he? Yeah, the he, Motor he,
2: City he, <laughs> Madman.
1: And he takes a lot of crap because of his politics, and he's on the board of the NRA, and he's a loudmouth, and yeah. he can play the fucking
2: guitar, though, man. Yeah.
1: Dude, I, man,
2: he's still around, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Besides him talking shit all the time and he has his own hunting gear out and he's got his own beef jerky yeah. out there like yeah. that but when he picks up a guitar he still rips it man
1: he he is yeah he is a redneck through and through he's a definition but the double live gonzo album man dude you sit outside in a fire pit with a with a cocktail and you just turn up some rock and roll really really loud that's just a that's just a fucking great double live album
2: let's hear something off
1: yeah man little stranglehold yeah I just I love this He's album. So awesome!
2: What made you pick
1: Ted Nugent? I said it's you know what man in the like the mid to late nineteen seventies you had a lot of really big sounding guitar rock and roll. Right. Right? Yeah, you had like mm-hmm. Zeppelin yeah. and all those other bands, and I, he just fit right in that groove, man. Just know yeah, compare that to like a uh, Frampton comes alive. I don't like
0: either artist, but I'll take nugent over oh god yeah, yeah. i just i don't know man did, yeah. it's
1: just a it's just a really big guitar sound that i just really enjoy and he i like was, this album more than a lot of his studio mm-hmm. stuff he
2: was a madman on live show man he would like dress up in like a caveman bottom like yeah shorts you know and have a cloth and like have like a rope and he swing across yeah. the stage and have like big rocks that yeah. were like balloons yeah. and he like throw them in the crowd and shit
1: and i and I went a little bit into like the gear that these guys play. And he yeah. by, he plays a hollow bodied guitar because he wants a lot of feedback yeah. when he turns it up really loud, um, which kind of, they said a lot of other musicians that play that style of music wouldn't do that because they're like, well, it sounds like shit. Yeah. And he just embrace it. And if you could hear it in there, that kind of like it's real fuzzy. Yeah. He, and it's a lot of feedback.
2: He, the style of guitar that he played was a Gibson Birdland guitar. Yeah yeah um i don't I, I i see the bodies of his guitars and they're like huge like Michael J. fox and back to the future guitars yeah You're like those big animal things you know um but yeah i think I thought it was a big part of his sound, sure you know um I think his playing is like him it's wild yeah you don't know where it's going to go. I yeah. don't think he
1: does. Yeah, he just yeah. He, he just rips off these long solos. I mean this yeah, you know, that version of Stranglehold that's on this uh, the Double Live Gonzo, it's 11 and a half minutes long. Yeah, and I listen to it's a, mostly
2: him. I listen to a lot of
1: it. Yeah. Is it
2: him singing on it? No. He he sings on the album a does little he? bit, but but that's not him singing No, this I don't song. think so. I um,
0: came there, I I knew that a couple of years ago cuz I I'm not a fan. And I'm like, "Oh, does he sing on any of these songs?" And I I, I researched it and I'm like, "No, somebody else is like singing." Yeah. I love Uncle Ted.
2: Uncle eh, Ted's the greatest. Eh. You, you you always expect him to say something stupid and he does. Did but, you ever hear his you know.
0: did you ever hear his story about when he met Hendrix? No. So H- Jimi Hendrix was and is his idol. So he met Hendrix and when he was a kid I and mean, he you know, he was a talented guitar player when he was young. And he met Jimi Hendrix and like Jimi Hendrix is like, Oh, you want to hit off this joint? And he was like, No, he's like he's never drank, he never yeah, did he's drugs. He's very hardcore. He's really into women, that's for yeah. sure. And um, yeah, he probably had the clamp of a million times. He probably did, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it ruined it ruined the whole thing for him.
1: You know, it said he's did, a complicated guy. You know who really you know? looks up to him? Henry Rollins. Henry oh, Robert, really? Henry Rollins loves him I'm for sure, his because he's the, straight edge. Because he's the madman yeah. who doesn't drink or do drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which I, is but, but weird because politically they're they're but, so uh, night different. and day.
0: But didn't we talk about that before? Like a lot of pe- friends that Ted Nugent has. Isn't on the same side of the fences. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure it's you like know, a he, lot of
2: friends that I have. They, yeah. they think one way and I think yeah. another. But when it comes down to music, that's you know, uh, what you do. I'm sure. You know, I I'm sure. Uh, you know, Ted could sit there and talk to uh, an outdoorsman, and could sit there and also talk stock exchange. Yeah. You yeah. know, I think he has his hands in a little bit of everything.
1: That's why he's still relevant. You know, that's why he's still around. Do you, you guys know? remember the super group called Damnocracy? Damn Yankees. No, Damn Yankees was yeah. cool. So he was in that, and that was with um, Tom Tommy Shaw, Shaw from Sticks and Jack Blades from Night Ranger, which, by the way, Shaw and Blades put out a couple albums in like the early 2000s, and they're really, really good. Hmm. It's just like the two of them with acoustic guitars covering a bunch of stuff. It was mm-hmm. really cool. Oh, cool. But there was a, a VH1 show in two thousand six called Supergroup. Yeah, I remember remember that. that. And that and he was on
2: with with, uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Scott Ian was on that.
1: Yeah, it was Ted Nugent, Sebastian Bach, Jason Bonham, (laughs) Scotty (laughs) Ian, and Evan Seinfeld from Biohazard. And the band was called Damnocracy. That's right. And they played one show, and they played Ace of Spades, TNT by AC/DC, and then songs from Skid Row, Nugent, Anthrax, and yeah. Zeppelin. I was like, I don't, I don't remember I, that yeah, at all. It was, yeah, it was, it
2: was like um, a surreal life. It was, yeah. A, it one was of those. A, shitty, I watched it. Yeah, I yeah, watched so I. I loved yeah. it. I okay. love it because I love Scott Ian. Yeah, you know, and I'll, I think he's hysterical because he's so like funny, and that him interacting with Ted Nugent is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ted Nugent would wake them up in the morning, like... Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's like a, like a drill So, sergeant. like, at like three o'clock in the morning, they set up, like, amplifiers I, and, and Gü- rocked out Ted Nugent while he was
1: asleep. I was reading, like, the recaps of each episode, like, a Wikipedia this morning, mm-hmm. like, and it just, it just sounded like a, the, the standard-issue cliché shitty celebrities crammed in a house. Like, Sebastian a, Bach is such yeah. a dork. He's a clown. He's such a clown.
2: It's yeah. like, he, like, ruins the whole thing. Like, you know... Ted Nugent's kind of, like, you know, he's kind of humble, and so is, obviously, Scott Ian's very humble. And then you got the guy from Biohazard in there, and the only reason he was in there was because he's married to Tara Patrick. Yeah, he's That's like, right. He's yeah, like yeah, like a like porn like actor. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I, he's like a director. It's, it's a, somebody yeah, told he's,
0: me. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, he's a director. And he's
2: an awful <laughs> bass player. He's, I don't know too much about him. Biohazard,
1: I seen it had like one yeah. good album. I seen
2: in, it in the '90s. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they had that one song with uh, Onyx. It's on the Judgment Day yeah. soundtrack. But, but
2: for him to be in the super group, that's like bullshit.
1: Yeah,
0: he's the only one who showed up.
1: Yeah. All right, man, I guess that's it with Ted Nugent. Let's go on. So the next artist that I have on the list here, I believe, is Doug's. And I I love that he's on his list, and that's Gary Clark Jr.
0: Yeah, I picked this because, you know, I, I think we should definitely recognize Gary Clark Jr. We never talked about him. And honestly, you know, within the last 15 years or 10 years where he's been around, he saved the blues and rock and roll, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. we talked about him, like, very briefly in the blues episode. I... I always liked him and I've been listening to him a lot more since we started doing the show because he came up on the blues episode. This song that's on here, Low Down Rolling Stone, I I fucking love this
2: song. Yeah, you like text me early in the morning,
1: like, this song is fucking great. I love it, man. It's just really good. Rock it out, man. All right, dude, let's do it.
2: yeah man so great so great yeah he's he's definitely like reincarnation of hendrix yeah
0: i love it he's from like austin texas like you know is I mean? he yeah like you know freddie king was is from there lightning hopkins t-bone walker of course billy gibson of course jimmy and stevie Ray Vaughn.
2: yeah I, uh, I dig his hat that he wears all the time yeah
0: yeah you know he's, he's a, only 37 yeah like, he's a young guy man for he's a motherfucker he's a young guy yeah, yeah. he is yeah, a no, motherfucker yes yeah, yeah, he started. He got his first guitar when he was fourteen years old, yeah. and then by by time he was seventeen, uh, Mayor Watson of Austin, Texas declared May third, two thousand one, Gary Clark Jr. Oh, Day. Well. That's yeah. how big of an influence he, or not influence of an impact that he had on guitar.
1: You know, he's, he's a young dude, but he's an old soul. Absolutely, the sound like, that comes out of that the sound.
2: Oh, he lived life. You could you could hear that he lived a little.
0: But you know, like he was like influenced by like hip hop and jazz and rock and roll, and like he, he grew up in like anything he can get his his hands on. Like like you know, he would listen to Nirvana one minute, and then he'd be listening to Mary J. the next
2: minute. You know, I think he and just it comes out in his music. Yeah, you know? I just think he has a huge open ear for anything that rocks. You know, I mean he's definitely funky
0: yeah he definitely yeah. has a big like rhythm blues and soul thing there's a song that he has it's called feed the babies and that's like right kind of, i wouldn't really put it in there with motown maybe like uh not chess but um was it what i'm sorry stacks you can, yeah you can like put it stacks you can put it out in stacks, stacks yeah so if you guys ever get a list, chance to listen to that yeah, we don't
1: talk about a lot of, like, contemporary music Yeah, on no. it, yeah. yeah We no. spent three hours talking about shit from, like, the Civil War era, <laughs> but uh, all three of us really like Eric Clark Jr. I think yeah. he's a great songwriter. Though. He is.
2: Yeah. I mean, he definitely got a hold of what rock and roll really is.
0: And he talks about the issues that are kind of going on today, you know? Like, it's kind of relevant to, like, the world that he lives in, that we all live in right now, you know? And, and
1: he, he plays beautiful. He sings beautifully. Yeah, you know. I I said something this week. I was like, man, we should just do a show. Like, could Gary could Gary Clark Jr. save rock and roll? Because you know, I hear like rock and roll is dead and everything. And, and even when he said like, we don't talk about modern, a lot of modern music on the show. I don't even listen to a lot of like yeah. modern shit. No. I mean, Doug, it sounds no. like, you listen to like MMR. Yeah. in Philadelphia yeah. more more than I do. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I read an article the other day
0: written about Gary Clark Jr from Guitar Magazine and they labeled him the savior of rock savior, and roll. The oh, savior really. Yeah, ro- oh, rock yeah. and roll. They clearly yeah.
1: got the idea. they must be monitoring our communication. Already, they got yeah. Yeah. the Well, this is yeah. this this article Couldn't was written in, in 2016, like, yeah. so. Well, they jumped at a time machine yeah. then, and clearly. Yeah, yeah. Now, it. I would
2: love to see him in concert. I've seen him on the um Crossroads concert. Mm-hmm. They did like every year they had that Crossroads concert. Yeah. Man, he
1: just Is that the same way they it. they put together like two Artists that aren't related? Or am I um, thinking of something I
2: don't, else? I think you're thinking of something else. This is like okay. Platon's festival. Okay. Yeah. And that's
0: when he really, really shined out. Like, really, people really started noticing him. Because he played that fairly young also. He might have played that when he was like 17, 18 for the first time. And um,
2: I th- I'm pretty sure they have it every year. Hmm. Yeah. I, I just think a lot of people say rock and roll is dead and not know about Gary Clark Jr. You know? Um, he is carrying the flag of what rock and roll truly is. Um, and that's what's missing from the day. You know, it's like to be a rock star. No way is he going to be a rock star. He's not pretty enough. Yeah. You know, like no way is he going to yeah. be on, on like people magazine or some shit to be what, what monster rock stars do, you know, or, yeah, you know, like, yeah. and
0: yeah, I, I, and I don't really think that like popular radio, whoever listens to radio, I don't think like MMR and, all these rock and roll channels are playing a lot of Gary Clark Jr. You got to listen to 88.5. Yeah, yeah. Eighty eight point
1: five
2: is the shit.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, WXPN. Yeah, yeah. yeah. here yeah. in here in Philadelphia, it's kind of like the kind of like the indie indie. You know, it's like yeah. it's, if you turn the log over there, the it's on the other side of the. Yeah, log. Yeah, they have
2: like a jam band kind of feel. Mm-hmm. They play yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, but I just think he needs a little bit more attention than uh, than what he has. But that's okay. We'll, we'll it, keep yeah. it all
2: it was to great, ourselves. It was a great pick. Yeah. Was yeah, great pick a, to be on here. He was in that Miles Davis movie. That Miles yes, had, yes, yes. He was at the end of it, being like, you know, Miles was the influence on him. Uh, I forget who else was on that stage yeah. at that point, but he was definitely there. I never seen that. Oh, that's a great movie. Uh, Chia? Oh, uh, Don Chia. Oh, I see I did yeah, see that. And yeah. I didn't know that he he's was in that. He's great as Miles. Davis. Yeah, he's he great. he's like he should have won the Academy Award for that. Yeah. He's
1: better than that. He is in the new Space Jam movie that's My kids my kids have watched it like four times in two no, weeks. yeah. you watched. Isn't that thing like 2 hours long, times? man? I uh, it's it's just a 2 hour commercial <laughs> for Nike <laughs> and shit. So hmm. Cool, man. All right, let's keep rolling. Uh, next is pick from Ryan and that is George Harrison. There's no bad picks on no, this entirely, no, no. I mean, George Harrison, George Harrison he was an influence
2: on so many guitar players from the beginning. You know, he, I mean, you know, he takes a lot of his style from Carl Perkins that we talked about. You know, he's you can really hear his style on like maybe like a hillbilly kind of, you know, picking, as they say, a little picking guitar. But
1: um, does he get overlooked because he's not Lennon and McCartney? Yes. I mean, I don't like, think so. I don't think so. You don't so. think so? No, not in the two he, Is he I, the third
0: most talented Beatle? No, he's, no the, but the, he's, the, he's the number one talented Beatle. Okay.
2: But like, we're talking about guitar players. Sure. All those songs that he played solos yeah. on. But I picked a song um that he did on his solo career. It's um, so one of my it. favorite songs, What's, My Sweet Lord. Yeah, play yeah. from the beginning. Okay. George was a great songwriter. It just—it's awful that he had to stand in the shadows of Lennon and McCartney. That was an example of one of his great intros that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all about solos. It's all—it could be all about intros. Look at all the great intros he did with the Beatles. Something, yeah. You know, there a hundred of them. There's, you know, but like that first album, All Things Must Pass.
0: You want to talk about life changing experiences? The first time I heard that album and are not even told that long ago, maybe ten years ago I heard that album for the first time and it changed my life. It was like raining outside. It was like a really shitty day out. And I just put I listened to that whole thing
2: and just I was like, This is the fucking greatest day ever. I mean, uh, his solos are like I said, like really influence on early rock and roll. Um, I mean, God, he is really early rock and roll, but I'm talking to more like how I said, like, Carl Perkins and mm. Elvis and the Sun record sound. I think he was totally influenced his guitar playing from. Like, there was a lot of songs on that album. Not, well, not a lot of songs. Like, three or
0: four songs on All Things Must Pass that the Beatles passed on. Yeah. They are like, oh, well, you know, that's 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 a great song, but that we're not going to record that. We're giving you one song, you know? I, I mean, there's a shitload of songs that
2: suck by Lennon McCartney. There's not many songs that suck by, no, George, by, by George Harrison, yeah. you know? He never wrote a song uh, – octopus garden yeah well, you know <laughs> yeah i mean majority of song all his songs were on another level yeah like something
0: you know that's considered like the greatest love song ever written you know and um he was really in tune man he really was he was in tune with himself and like you know his surroundings and who he wanted to
2: be and who he was well when we talked about him early in our episodes we had the beatles and rolling stone conversation and you know george harrison came from nothing yeah you know makes number one that makes you really humble you know and the one thing that he had was he had this great sense of humor i mean we talked about before how he had part to do with the mighty python franchise yeah Yeah. um but yeah I, i think george harrison's one of the most underrated guitar players ever and he's so humble who lets another guy play on his album you know, like when he let Eric Clapton play why my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. And then he says, Yeah, you wanna take my wife? That's cool too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mean George George was a hell of a guy. I mean, he was the funny beetle He was the quiet one, but he, but he really was, was fun. funny. Yeah.
0: He's definitely one of the smarter ones because he kept his mouth shut a lot, you know. <laughs> he didn't he didn't feel like he needed to put out his uh his opinion out there too much. And even like later in in his career, he was just, you know, he of course he was into my Krishna or you know, in the Buddhism, or... I'm sorry, yeah. you can yeah. delete that. Yeah. No, yeah, no, you're right.
1: Yeah. When the when The, the, the Maharishi, Maharishi, Yeah, you know, when the Beatles like went, yeah. Yeah, went to, to India Ma- and everything, yeah. Yeah. it was really... they yeah.
0: all
2: went because George wanted to go. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. we might have talked that They before. all left, and he stayed. Yeah. Um, I think he saw through the Maharishi's bullshit, and, uh, but he got the uplifting yeah. idea. But yeah. I think even, like, today, like, you know, people say, you
0: know, that he might be underrated. No, I think today, especially after his death, unfortunately, people like recognize artists when they move on from this world he's been dead for 25 years i know but like for him to say that he's underrated and whatever he is on the rate i i don't think so man i think i think
2: people don't i think they listen to the lyrics of beatles Mm -hmm. they listen to the melody of the beatles but they're not listening to the guitar playing on it like they don't appreciate the guitar solos of george harrison
1: yeah. I don't. I, think, I don't think you know, a lot of younger people even listen to the Beatles anymore. Yeah. That's we, blasphemy. We talked we talk about that in that that episode we did on them. That, I, like, my kids don't. They don't particularly care. care. That's crazy. No, I don't. I mean, maybe at the right age. Maybe. Maybe you know. You, yeah. yeah, you always gotta get that
2: point in your life where you discover the Beatles on your own. If, That's the only way you you can find the Beatles is if when you discover them on your own.
1: Every once in a while, like you get one of those. The thing shows up on Facebook, like you know, who's the most overrated band you can't stand? And there's one of those things that's like twenty thousand comments. Mm-hmm. The Beatles are on there a lot, sure, like all the time. Oh, a lot if of people just don't Beatles, get it, which yeah. I just blows my mind. If
2: somebody tells me they don't like the Beatles, I don't
0: trust them. You, say, I heard you say that before. I was like, man, I don't, you say I don't somebody trust them? He says somebody at the bar. He's like, man, that guy don't even like the Beatles. So why you like? Yeah. We don't trust yeah, him. What do you care what he has to say? Yeah, like I, don't, like I don't trust
1: people who don't drink or swear. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like the Beatles. You don't trust them.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, so Ted Nugent's out.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. I'm sure Ted Nugent has a problem with those limey dudes anyway. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he does. Get out of my country. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, man. Let's keep rolling on. So next is up uh, one of my picks, and I picked Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. Another relatively modern modern pick. That dude just i've said this a couple times on the show he just makes sounds come out of the guitar and i'm like i don't know how he's doing that let's listen real fast sure this is uh know your enemy from rage against the machine Yeah. Hey, man. I just I picked him because I, he just does so many different things with the guitar. He's he's a DJ. Yeah, yeah he changed words words right out of my mouth. He changed the whole way the game worked, man.
2: He uses um, the volume knobs on the guitar to go up and down, and he's placing his fingers up and down the fretboard. Yeah, but he switches
0: hands. His right hand will go on the fretboard, and his yes. left hand will be tapping with the with tapping the strings with the whammy bar. And with the knobs and all that, so he switches. He crosses over
1: his
2: hands. So yes. it might be a technique thing. He, you know, who knows? Probably like his rhythm. Like we can't do one rhythm with one hand that he does yeah. with the other hand. Possibly. Yeah,
1: he won't use like a um a slide, but he'll be rubbing his yeah. hand. Like, yeah, three or four fingers. You know, he up.
2: uses for his slide an Allen wrench. Yeah, does he really? Yeah. yeah.
1: That makes sense. I mean, you yeah. can kind of hear it that yeah. sound, like, like, that metal yeah. on metal sound. Yeah. Like, which kids, is weird. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, I'm I'm sorry. But the uh, the um, the solo in Bulls Parade,
1: Bulls on Parade, he used an Allen wrench. Right? Hmm. You know, makes me think of like in the Blues episode we're talking about. The guys were using knives as as sure. slides. Yeah. on The um yeah, even if you you read an interview from him, he says that he was more inspired by like Run DMC and Public Enemy. Yeah. Than anybody else, and he yeah. said that he was one of those guys that practiced eight hours a day, and he's like, all right, I got really good. And now I just sound like every other really good guitar player. So I got to go and experiment and continually push. That's and like try he, to do I, other I, shit.
0: I just heard. I just uh, heard an interview with him. I think it was probably Stern or something like that. And he was talking about like when he was in college. He never went to class. I think he went to Yale. And he did. never. Yes. He never went to class, even though he's smart enough to be in Yale. He just didn't find this is what he wanted to do. He's
2: I think he's just such a brilliant guy. You can't let him sit in a classroom. No, you know you gotta let him do. He made his own guitar. That, that famous guitar that he has the blue one with
1: the hippos on yes yeah, it?
2: It, um it's it's a part of a Stratocaster body with a corsair neck um so he like basically Frankensteined it nice you know
0: um but yeah he's he's totally that guy to make his own equipment he to make that sound that he makes he had to make his own equipment.
1: And I think his diversity too. Well, first of all, like he's a little bit like Joe Strummer, that he's like really smart and really political. Yeah. I looked at it a little bit too. Like his mom was a teacher and his dad was an ambassador to the United Nations. Yeah. Wow. So he kinda of like Joe Strummer had that too. Like yeah. his dad was a yeah. like, political class kind of stuff. But his
0: mother raised him. His father didn't raise him. Yeah. And I think he he grew he grew up somewhere in uh like Brooklyn or No, 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 like up near Boston. Okay. Like somewhere up there. He was like, the only black guy or whatever. Yeah. To be In his area. So he got like a lot of racism growing up, even though he was half white and half black. You know, everybody just saw the black in him. So it was like, oh, what do you do playing guitar? I think that's
2: what his that influenced them. The play guitar was probably the you know what hip hop was happening. And it had the influence from him playing and start doing the tapping, maybe maybe um I don't know, trying to rip off eddie van halen a little bit but look he he went a little bit further than that he did with his tone yeah Yeah. like in a different direction yeah Yeah.
0: like um the only like he does a version of voodoo child me and bruce were talking about this on the walk the walk over here tonight and that's the first thing i've heard from him in probably a decade that really made me like stand up like man this guy still has it because in my opinion you always well, it's not a necessarily a bad thing. Like you can always tell it's him playing if you hear yes. on the radio. Like even with uh, with with the band he had with uh, Audio Slave, you know it's him playing. He has a yeah. distinct sound, but I don't really think that he evolved far from that sound.
2: Like, but he's capable of so many other things. I think it showed with Audio Slave like how far he
1: can take it
2: if he has a great singer. There's no nothing yeah. holding you back.
1: I liked more than I liked Rage Against a Machine. Really, yeah. I, I, I was mean, just rage, a big Chris, Chris yeah. Cornell fan. Yeah, you know,
2: a lot of people say like Rage is a one trick pony, and I think they got tired of that. And Tom and the rest of the band was like, "We're gonna do something for real." Yeah. You know, and they and they got the greatest singer that rock and roll had to offer at that time was Chris Cornell.
1: The stuff that they did that he's done with Prophets of Rage with yeah. the, uh, Chuck D yeah. and. Uh, I, I really Be wanted real. to do that show, dude. Man. It was awesome. Yeah, I They're really wanted really to good. go.
0: I said the Ryan and Jesse. They, they should have went to that show, but um, you know the guys from Rage though, like what made that band so great? They had a fucking great rhythm section. And sure. Zach Roach, man, he's a genius with words. You know. You know, regardless of how you feel about, you know... Their
2: politics. Their politics
1: or anything like that. But he's a
2: poet, you know. They were
1: on my list of bands that I thought should have been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when we did that episode. Yeah.
2: They are what rock and roll is about, you know, is about breaking out, is about... Being against sure. things, being a rebel. Now, how would you
0: label Raging Against Machines' music? Would you say that they're punk? Like the idea of punk, because they were doing something that nobody else was doing.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like it rap wasn't grunge. Th- yeah, I wouldn't call th- it new metal. No, no, no,
0: no, because no. that that and that was before all the new metal shit. Yeah, like yeah, new metal
1: largely sucks. Yeah, nineteen ninety three when this album came out, man, nothing said shit. Nothing that nineteen ninety three was almost. A zillion years ago. Yeah, yeah. Still
2: nothing sounds like that album. No. no, it's so stripped down. That's what the production yeah. of it. I it, love it because it has such a punk rock production of but it. But
0: they did that whole album live. Yeah. They recorded that whole mm. album live. Uh Evil Empire, their second album. Yeah. That might be my favorite album by the way. See, whole, like I, whole think, band.
2: I think that is a great album. It's, it's just overproduced. Evil Empire? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little bit overproduced. They had the money to do it. Yeah. You know, I guess. But
0: every like man, th- but just those two albums, man. Like, yeah. they were a big part of, like, me and Ryan growing
1: up. But like, then it that was third time. album
2: came out, and it was just, like, the same fucking thing over and yeah, over again. Yeah, it was kind of over by then. But that's what yeah. I mean. Like, they never evolved. Because I don't think the is that talented. I think he's good at what he does. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, they got a really a
0: one-trick one-trick political. Ponies. I saw him on that tour. They played the uh, Wells Fargo Center, and it got really, really political. Yeah they,
2: yeah. they. Yeah. I don't like my music with my yeah. political shit.
0: Well, they played Lollapalooza here in Philly a million years ago. And they didn't even play, dude. They just stood up there naked yeah. and protested with feedback for like 20 minutes, you know, however long their set was. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. I, what I also love about Tom Morello, too, is like he, th- his other band, The Night Watchmen. Yeah, it's, mm. it's not my favorite, but it is like he's with an acoustic guitar. He's doing like singer-songwriter stuff. Yeah. And then he toured with fucking Springsteen.
2: That he, right there just shows you how good he is. Yeah. Right.
1: He just, he fit in a band. With, and he's sharing a stage with like all these other guitar players. And just played a role. You know, and the people that are, like, not into uh, – people that are into Rage and not Springsteen are like, really? He toured with them? Like, oh, yeah. yeah dude, he was go just in there, the band. They'd go up there,
2: do Ghost of Tom Jones yeah. every night. Yeah. And then he'd go up there and do Lost in the Flood. Yeah, it was awesome. tear it up. But his yeah. solo stuff, is that's a little too political. I don't, it's not – it's
0: – in my opinion, it's, it's fucking horrible. Like his solo political, like you know, acoustic stuff. Yeah, he's you like know? trying
1: to be like Woody Guthrie, kind of yeah. Kinda yeah. Kinda but stuff. I
2: respect it, but it's just
0: not my thing. I yeah. just think it's awful. You know,
2: yeah. but they he, like, sing on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, Is it he, real melatonin? Like,
1: yeah, he, he, he has a show on uh, Lithium on Sirius XM that yeah. he plays a lot of a lot of this. Does his he? Own, he plays a lot of his own shit, and uh, he has like his mom on the show and stuff. But yeah. it's uh, yeah, you know, it's. He I, on, I respect that he's trying something yeah. different yes
2: see my whole thing is why does everybody ask uh, dave dave Grohl what his opinion is they got to ask tom morello what his opinion about rock and roll is more often they've been i
0: and honestly like i listen to a lot of serious radio and he just did he does he has a show in ozzy's boneyard also and i was listening mm. to it last night at work and it's, the stuff that he plays is just fantastic popular bands but like tracks that are kind of lost deep cut kind yeah. of stuff yeah that's cool But he he has a
2: huge genre of music that he No, he's definitely a a collector of sounds. Yeah, sure. You know, I think that's the only way I can put it. Like The Edge. Yeah, Yeah, like The Edge.
1: Yeah, that's another, right. Yeah. Cool. All right, man, let's keep on rolling. Next up, Doug, this is one of your picks, and you picked Metallica, and I was surprised because you you pointed out that you're picking James Hetfield and not Kirk Hammett. James Hetfield is the greatest
0: rhythm guitar player of all time. You know, he's... Like he just gets overlooked by Kirk a lot, you know. And the uh, he does a lot of solos. Like he, um, he does a solo, he does a solo Master of Puppets, he does the solo Nothing Else Matters. Uh, on the one album, he he plays the whole solo to live is to die in Unforgiven. He plays the acoustic solo before Kirk's solo, he does a solo in Whiskey in a Jar, the cover by. Uh, Thin Lizzy. Lizzy. He definitely has a great
2: way around how he plays. Yeah. Let's hear uh, Hetfield play the guitar solo and nothing else
1: matters. All right, let's do it.
2: Besides Enter Sandman, that's the biggest song Metallica has, like radio sure. friendly wise. Yeah. Sure. You know, and James Hetfield dominates the guitar on that on that whole album. I'm, I'm sorry, on that whole track.
0: Yeah. He's just I just think that, you know, he
2: doesn't he gets overshined.
0: You know, that's why I really wanted to put him on my list. When we start talk,
2: talking about this, I was like, James is definitely gonna be on my list, you know. James definitely has the sound. He is he invented the Metallica sound. Um, I'm, you know, a lot of people say Dave Mustaine had a lot to do with it, but I think, you know, Dave and James definitely also went headbunted when they were drinking, but I think they're playing differently headbunt all the oh, time. Oh, absolutely. You know, they are just like totally two different things. Like every song that you hear Metallica plays, there's James Hetfield. Like every,
0: uh, every hook, every this, every that, you know, every song is written by Hetfield yeah, and all,
2: you know? Yeah. I mean, I think they're, two of the greatest songwriters that metal have to offer yeah i mean yeah sure you know i mean they write songs about you know you know sanitarium i mean you are know, that's on another level yeah sure you know uh back to the front it's you know, they just have so many great songs and James hetfield wrote all of them dude they're a hit factory you i love i love james hetfield one guitar he made and its name is carl and the and it's made from the garage from what the house they uh, made uh, master puppets master puppets, puppets. right the lightning then, yeah. and it's the garage it's wood from the garage that they made all huh, that shit from I didn't know yeah. that yeah I just found today his name was Carl yeah so, okay yeah. because it was
0: uh 'cause because the the street they lived in was called Carlson uh, Boulevard okay out in San Francisco so the guitar you know I also did research on this because I think like. I think I love the story. I heard it like a thousand times. I watched a million. You can watch the story on YouTube of him talking about the guitar and happening in front of him. So on the fretboard, you have Kirk, Lars, and um, James. Then you have Cliff walking away from them. So then you have Cliff walking toward the Golden Gate Bridge. So Cliff went to San Francisco before the other guys, and they followed him there. Yes, and then they have Cliff going into Orion this is when he died, you know, and they have the song Orion. So that's yeah, just something yeah. really important to them. And then they have them all like in the afterlife together at the, on the top of the neck. So on the back of the guitar, there's four Kennedy dot, uh, dot, like silver yeah, dollars. Silver, silver. And it has all their birth years hmm. on it. And underneath the, the plate, there's a, um, another coin of when they recorded master of puppets. Is there's like a lot of thought and yeah, love really putting cool. this like a lot of thought and love putting this guitar so you know um there's like nails sticking out of it in this net and and yeah it, it's real rough yeah like
2: he wanted to keep it Like, yeah. maybe he could get a couple splinters out of yeah. it. it the, you know, the, huh. the
0: guy who made the guitar his name's Ken Lawrence he's like a huge like like to our maker and he made it and i
2: i just love this fucking thing but i have to give it up to the guy who kept the wood all these years yeah i don't know his name but he was friends with the guys in metallica yeah. and he was always kept at their house parties yeah and when you know when they were finally redoing the property years and years and years later after metallica lived there he like salvaged this wood from it and then you know he's obviously lifelong friends with james hetfield he's like look here i i uh Grab this for you. Well, you know, I in this one interview,
0: if you look it up on YouTube, you know, uh, James Sinner talking, he's like, you know, I just had this rock star moment. Like they have this big headquarters out in San Francisco, it's called Q or something, EQ or something like that. And he's like, let's just get the whole garage and bring it in here. And then they find out that it's gone, and they go to the house and they um they they unveil the guitar there. You know, huh. I just love it. Like I like yeah, me, that's cool. Like I don't me, know any yeah, of these. Yeah, me and any Ryan story. saw him a few years ago, and I'm like. There's that guitar hat. you know, there it is. There's the Garage Days guitar. You know? hm It's just super cool, man. It's one of my favorite stories. Nice. All right. But yeah, James Hetfield, you
1: know, underrated and definitely needs to be recognized. Absolutely. Great pick, man. Uh, sixth pick on our list, Ryan. This is back to you. And I believe you picked uh, Trey Anastasio from Fish. How
2: can yeah. I not, man? He's a he's one of the greatest guitar players ever. And I'm just not saying that because I'm obviously a huge fish fan. Um his his. Let's just let the music do the talking. Let's just play a little bit, and we'll go right to his solo. All
1: right, cool. Let's check out "Down with Disease." This is off the album "Hoist."
2: Think his guitar playing gives off this aura. I mean, it's so special. It's so different than any other guitar playing there is. So Trey is Trey. I yeah. Mean,
0: you know, when when we ever go see Fish, like I'm a huge Mike Gordon fan, but like again, we're big guitar fans of Trey Anastasia. And I find myself concentrating on more of listening to what Trey's playing on his notes than anything at than times. anything else going on with the band. Than anything going on with the band. You know, if I'm listening at home, I'm listening more to Mike, what he's doing, but that live thing, Trey just has a sound.
2: You know, um, Trey's guitar is handmade by Trey's friend, an audio technician named Paul, like, got <laughs> Langudak, whatever, L-A-N-G-U-E-D-O-C. Well, he makes this. He makes Trey's guitars. They're so different than any other guitars that there is out there. The no, nothing sounds like them. They're they're like made for him. They're one of a kind. You can buy copies of them now. But like the original guitar, he has like maybe five different styles of the guitar like through the years. Maybe maybe a little bit more, but they're all like kind of the same because they all have the same sound. Okay. Yeah, I mean, fish is a cultural thing, you know. Um, we're gonna talk about fish coming up on our news. Yeah. Thing. Um, our news segment. Now going back to his guitars. So how long has he been making his guitars? So, through like pretty much 84. his whole career, eighty
0: four. Because yeah. like you see, like every like. I, I don't know if it's every ten years, but I remember getting ready for this year of shows coming up, whatever you want to call it, he got a new guitar yeah, made by did. him. So like his older guitars he used to have his dog on the headstock. Yeah. Yeah, you know I, mean? I forget the I forget the name of his dog. But um it's it's just his dog's been dead for like gone for twenty years. You know what hmm. I mean? Yeah, I
2: I and, would you know, I would love I'd say this every week on our show, but I would love to do a fish episode. I think we can teach everybody a little bit about the fish. <laughs> Force it on them a little bit, <laughs> maybe you know.
0: Um, but yeah, every show you go to, it's something special. Every so
2: every show you go to, a fish show, it's a different set every time you see them. They never play the same set choice. Um, they're like the Beatles, they each have their own songs, like each band member has their own songs. Um, not every song is jammed out, yeah. Um, they're, um, com- they're, they're, they're compared to the Grateful Dead a lot. The only thing that there that there are the same of the Grateful Dead is maybe the traveling and the following that they have, mm. yeah. and the jamming part yeah, of it. Yeah, the culture. They have a totally different sound than the Grateful Dead. I does. agree with that. The Grateful Dead has like this blues, bluegrass sound, and you know Fish has this like nineteen seventies mall rock, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. thing. And that's funny you say
0: that. The only thing I ever heard Trey ever say about his influence cons- like you know going to the Grateful Dead. So they have a documentary called Bittersweet Motel. So in the beginning of it, they're they're coming out of the uh, their studio and he's just driving with the, the, the cameraman. And the only thing he ever said was, Is there an influence? Yeah, there's an influence there. He's like, I'm a kid from New Jersey who grew up in malls. Yeah, so there's Of course yeah, I'm a Grateful I'm Dead. Gra- right. But I don't think he ever said Grateful Dead and he's like, Of course there's an influence there. Hmm. You know? But yeah. it, okay. it's different, you know.
2: That's the only thing I ever heard him say about no, it. No, I mean when I remember when Jerry Garcia died they, the, the ABC News, NBC News, whoever it was, got a quote from Fish right away. Sure, sure. Like it was like unbelievable. That day was unbelievable. Um But Trey, I think, is so underrated. Nobody knows who he is. That's why he's on the rate because nobody knows. Who nobody he knows is. who he is. I mean, shit. Nobody knows who Fish is. Yeah. Even though they they, play, they even though they played 30, 38,000 right, 38, yeah. people <laughs> on the beach this weekend. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Trey Anastasia, you, you know, I I just feel like I have a lot to to share about fish, but I'm not going to use this opportunity to
1: do that. Yeah, man, we'll put him on the list of potential show ideas.
2: Yeah, man, I I think we could uh, definitely do a great show about fish. Right,
1: let's do it sometime. Awesome. All right, rolling on. This is one of my picks, man. The most underrated guitar player of all time. The man who may have. Had a foundational role in the creation of heavy metal. I have no goddamn idea why he is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame other than he burned a lot of bridges, and that is Dick Dale. Dick Dale is- He's not in Rock and Roll of Fame? He's not in the Rock and no, Roll Hall No, he of burned Fame. so many bridges. Yeah. We
2: have a friend that's a roadie yeah. of his, and he said he was a
1: really nice guy yeah. at all. Yeah. He's never had a top 40 hit. He's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but man, just- the influence that he had on surf music. He was playing surf music before the Beach Boys. Sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. play one of his songs. Yeah, dude. This is uh, Nitro. Mm. Wow, dude! I never heard that before. I, That's wild. I think I've said, this, I think I've told this story a couple of times on the show, and I always edit it out because it's not relevant. But we went. I saw him like three years in a row. Mm-hmm. He was like the headliner for the Asbury Park Surf Festival, and one year it was like my wife and I were like, "Fuck it, let's just go." Twenty bucks. Sure. I know who he is. I saw Pulp Fiction. That's all. Yeah. And he was like, he was seventy eight. And wow. he had to get, like, they're playing at the Wonder Bar, a little tiny place in an Asbury Park. He had to get helped up on stage. That was our buddy that helped him up, yeah, up on the stage. Because yeah.
0: I'm like, you see the guy just helping on the stage? That's our buddy Waldo.
1: And he <laughs> jokes that, like, he can't play too hard because he's going to blow out his colostomy bag. And yeah. he says, like, I'm only playing because I'm trying to earn enough money yeah. to pay for my cancer treatment. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, man, this is going to be really it's sad. sad. Yeah. But he, the biggest fucking sound came out yeah, of that. Yeah. He had that guitar in his hand. It was like he was no longer a frail person. His sure. hands—he was a monster. Like he played that song, Nitro, he, and his hands were just as fast as what you just heard. Unbelievable! And my and like the, there was like a fan by his face. His ponytail was blowing away, and I remember like the whole thing ended and everybody walked out. My wife and I were just standing there. We walked outside and we didn't say a word to each other. We're just like, <laughs> holy yeah. shit! What did we just see? There's some. I, uh he's
2: there's a some great recordings Dick Dale did with Stevie Ray Vaughan. I don't know if you ever seen that. I have not. Dude, that I sounds I was listening really cool. to it this week. It was awesome. I mean, Dick Dale. Like, yeah, I wonder how big his fingers were. Like, like I think, well did you hear like song like that? Like up and down the neck. His fingers must have been huge. Dude,
0: it's his right hand because he's so fucking fast. You know what I mean? It's, right hand's doing the picking. You
1: know what I mean? It's he's fast dude. so he's but and it's also it's interesting he's left-handed right so he was playing the guitar upside down but it wasn't like like so hendrix did that and hendrix switched all the strings right dick so, yeah. dale left them the way they were so he really played the guitar really? completely upside down wow, that's wild really for his whole i life. never knew that yeah it's crazy and he said like um he, i guess he,
2: did he play a lot of I you know, he played chords how yeah. did he play chords? He, he made up his own way to play yeah. guitar. That's what his sound was. He invented a sound and it was his own. Nobody could sound like him.
1: And he was, like when he was playing in like Southern California, it was the same place where like Leo Fender was coming up. Mm. And they said Dick Dale was playing so much he was, he was blowing out his amps because he was trying to play this enormous sound and Leo Fender uh, developed like the stacking amplifiers mm-hmm. where the amp sat on top of the speaker cabinet. He did that so dick dale could play as loud as he wanted to so like how much he influenced like the creation of like audio equipment and and stuff like that they said he would actually play so fast and he used um such a heavy pick that he would almost like he would burn through his guitar strings sure like was just crazy he had such a
2: awesome i mean all his guitars were strats yeah yeah that was his sound strats had a, a, a specific sound to it um He's, he's, he's one of the greatest, you yeah. know?
1: They said he had a, um, his, his strat was called the Beast, and it had really, really heavy, it ha- I have the, the gauge weight of his string They just said, like, how heavy they were, and he would wind them so tight sure. to have a ton of tension to give yeah. him that sound. Really cool, oh. man. Just really, really interesting how he's pushing the envelope with all this kind of no, stuff. No, and he was like... He'd be breaking the, strings like crazy if he didn't, like... He was the you know. godfather of surf music. Yeah. He said he would channel all the uh, the sound, like the, uh, the guitar sound, back into his pedal. He called it the wet effect mm-hmm. or the wet guitar yeah, sound. Yeah, you're right. Yep. No. I wonder if he surfed. I, I think so. I don't know. I don't I hope know. So. I mean, he's yeah, a But, like,
2: but what, gave, what gave him this influence to make this music? Yeah. It was before the Beach Boys. Before, it had to be Speed.
1: Well, some of it, too. Like, Surf, so the song Mijaloo yeah. off of uh, uh, the Pulp Fiction song. Yeah. That is a... A, his version of a mediterranean song it's like middle it's like grounded in like middle eastern music it's really weird Real i went i went really far down the rabbit hole with him no i just week. don't
0: know how his music We're, got yeah, associated where is, he, with, is he from california
1: i think so yeah he's from
2: newark <laughs> no. i mean he influenced so many so many guitar players i just where where do they associate the surfing with his music yeah how does it get associated with it or his music with early skateboarding you know
1: yeah I I don't know
2: definitely a a cultural thing being at the beach that's the sound of being at the beach in the 60s maybe they just adopted that
0: sound like you know because like honestly you know you know Austin, Texas. Like you think of all the players that came from Austin, those guys that have like a certain way of playing, they don't have that slow
1: hand kind of thing either. You know. Yeah. But, um, all right. Let's yeah. Just, yeah. Let's just keep rolling, man. I could talk about yeah, him yeah. forever. I'm a I'm a huge Dick Dale fan. So, uh, next man, Randy Rhodes. Yes. Doug, great pick. Let's hear some Randy right off the bat.
2: I love Randy. Like Doug, why did you pick Randy? I think you know with uh, Randy
0: Rhodes, the first time we heard heard him was, of course, like on like MTV from like Crazy Train. So you know, I think Ryan, you were the first one to buy Tribute. Yeah, and I think that was just the gateway to like heavier music for us growing up. That led into Metallica for us, you know, and like like dude, he was just amazing. I remember the first time I listened to that whole album. I still listen to it, and it just blows me away that what he was doing and he was such you know a great rock and roll heavy rock metal guitar player you know he was also like this brilliant fucking classical guitar player you know
1: yeah i don't listen to a whole lot of ozzy from that era but just as you were playing that clip like the the riffs that kind of go off on their own and they come that's, back down i was like that is to me that's like the essential but 80s hit metal if sound.
0: you're gonna listen to something from that era listen to tribute that yeah. is the because like he has like blizzard of oz and um no rest no i'm sorry uh, diary of a man diary of a man, yeah. man but they don't capture his
2: sound that what they do they live have to do it live yeah randy um was a awesome guitar player he was awesome and also a, a great teacher he taught even though he was this rock star he still taught at his mother's uh music school hmm. out in california and it's still there. It's still, still there. there. And this is like,
0: well, he's not going to do this forever. Like, I'm not going to be this rock star forever. I'm going right. to go, go eventually. I want to go
2: back and teach. And this is just for like right now. Huh. He told Ozzy, I, I, I want to stop being a rock star. And I was like, are you fucking crazy, man? <laughs> You've been here, gone, man. <laughs>
0: But, like, you know, some of the solos, you know, that, like, you need to just go back and listen, man. Like, the solo and I
2: don't know, you know, Mr. Crowley. It's like, we only listen to, like, 30 30 seconds. Look everything he's doing in that, in the intro. Intro of that whole song, like, he's using every opening opportunity to to make a sound.
0: But then you listen to, like, songs, like, mellower songs, like, Revolution Mother Earth. It's such a, like, a mellower, like, kind of like, I guess they were trying to capture, like, that Sabbath, like, dark. yeah. Kind of thing, but um, Randy. I, I know that like Van Halen was kind of like was already doing their thing by the time he I died. Think Randy was something different, yeah. But he died he like he died in eighty two, March nineteenth. Now the question for you guys, you know, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen. Do you think Eddie Van Halen would have been just as popular as he is without when Randy Rhodes died?
2: No, I I think they were like two different fruits. Yeah, but they were both doing tapping though. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, but you know, I think everybody, I think a lot of people were doing tapping. Eddie Van Halen was just the best at it, and okay. he had, he was lucky. He, he was lucky. He had, he had the right band, the right time. But um, Randy, wow. he, just by himself, he, he went in to audition for Ozzy. Yeah, there was a shitload of people there because
0: yeah, he, he started out with Quiet Riot. You know, before like Metal Health came out, he was their guitar player, and he played on a song called uh, "Laughing Gas." Play on laughing at, and I listened to it today. It's the, the song sucks, but he's great. Ozzy's benefited by
1: having like that's really a, good that's musicians a, around. Sharon him. knows
0: what she's doing, man. Like I'm you thinking, know, like between
1: T- Tony Iommi and then Randy Rhodes, and Zach, then Zach Wild, Jakey Lane is Jakey another Lane guy. Just all. <laughs> Surrounding himself with good musicians. I mean, Ozzy's not a very good singer. You no. Know?
2: no or, but I mean, he's a great front man. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I think he's a role. But Is I
1: think, it? like, he's kind of like Alice
0: Cooper, man. Like, if you go, like, we had that discussion. Like, if you go play for Alice Cooper, you hit the top of the, the level. When you go play for Ozzy, you're hit the top of the level. And you look at the people, like, through history who played for Ozzy. Sure. It's amazing who played for him. Yeah, you know, who, who also became big at, you know.
2: The, um, what, Guitars Randy Rhodes used, um, his famous one was a custom Les Paul 1974 Alpine White. That's a pretty famous picture of him using that guitar. He also used a 1957 Gibson Les Paul Black Beauty using photographers. You know, there's a lot of pictures. He had the Polka Dot V, the Carl sandalvi Jackson Rhodes White, the the prototype, the, the Concord one that he made. Mm-hmm. And then it was the, the Jackson Black Roads with Fixed Bridge. They're, but they are you know... Th- Fender Stratocasters, also.
0: Uh, we probably told the story before, but one time me and Ryan played the Harrah Cafe in uh, Philadelphia. So when you walked into the Hard Rock Cafe, they had Randy Rhodes Flying V there, oh, really and they cool. had like the 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 case and everything like that. And you, back then, you could still kind of touch the strings or anything like right. that. And we're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like you know, and we're just sit there. And I've been there. I was there quite often. Like after that, and every time I walk in, I would just like strum it and just like walk by it. But, um, Randy, so you're rhodes the reason why this shit's like
1: behind glass now, yes. right? I, I have a few stories.
0: <laughs> well, my girlfriend added, we've been for 20 years. I've been in that place. My place has been closed for the night and just walked around and touched shit. Just all touched kind, yeah, Touched all kinds of stuff in there. Very cool. But, um, yeah, Randy Rhodes. Um, I don't think he's forgotten. Like, yeah, I mean, I think like the kids today, I think they, you know, it, yeah, they it, get into him.
2: It really affected Ozzy when he died. I mean, I, I read Ozzy's book during the pandemic and, uh. The the way how he described the crash, like he said how helpless they felt when the bus was burning to death. Like burning yeah. these people to death and Randy was one of them. And how they could just stand there and watch their friends. He couldn't burn. do anything. Yeah. You and it was just
0: like they were just you know, maybe there's a little drinking involved, you know. No, let's, well, let's well, go the, get yeah, this, the, the go airplane get this,
2: pilot yeah. was doing fucking around with whatever he was. Yeah. And they and paused the uh, the the tour bus. And they, they they clipped it and the tour bus went flying into a barn. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, I'm sorry, the airplane went flying into a barn. It was awful.
1: Just another musician that just died under, you know, it was like he didn't know D, you know, just no, he just died yeah. under freak circumstances. And
2: every, like, you know, he was a nice man also. They like, said I, he was so, he was just so a boring yeah. guy. Like, he wasn't a partier. Yeah. He was, he would be, like, just doing scales all night in his hotel room, like, after the gig. He said, said he was just guys. something,
1: something he was doing until he went back to teaching. Yeah. really, not what you think of when you think of, like. Ozzy's guitar player. Yeah, but
2: that just shows on the level of what Randy Rhodes was. He had students. You know, I I was watching a special, and and they're asking Randy's brother, "Did he leave any uh, anything written behind?" He's like, "No," because he gave everything away to his students. Yeah, he's like, he never kept anything for himself. He just wrote scales down and everything, or songs or whatever. Here, try this, try this. That they didn't have anything in in the school with Randy's handwriting on. And you know, it's a real wow. bummer.
0: A few years ago, the school got broken into and they had some of Randy's uh, guitars. They were stolen. Somebody stole them. I don't really? know if they ever got
2: them back. I, I want to think it was the Quiet Riot shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully it was the no, Quiet Riot. shit. I think shit. that was the Quiet Riot yeah. stuff. But
2: I think that
0: um, everything else. Is I think in the I did read eventually thing. that they did, they did, they did get that stuff back. But yeah. um, I can't be sure. But that was a real bummer. You know, yeah, somebody probably doesn't even know who the fuck Randy Rose what is. They, what they stole Sold.
2: in the world? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I got it in the basement. so <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is, <laughs>
1: shmensch. Shh. And you walk by it, you you put yeah. your hands over it and play yeah. it like it's yeah. in the the Hard Rock. Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, We got one more to go, and then we're halfway done. So we're rolling pretty good. Uh, Joe Perry from Aerosmith. Joe
2: motherfucking Perry. Let's hear it right off the bat.
1: American rock and roll. Sweet emotion.
2: There's only
0: Joe, one there's only one, one Joe, Joe Perry, Perry baby. There's only one Joe Perry. I yeah. love it in the that's always been my favorite solo. He's there. Even though it's yeah. like one of the most popular songs, but how it comes in it sounds like a fucking airplane coming over like And
1: it's like a like the rhythm guitar in that I, I don't think I've ever listened to that song with headphones on. Yeah. It was like it was it was a lot like crunchier than I yeah. than I ever remember it being. They're a
2: crunchy band, man. They yeah.
1: are. They're a great crunchy band. To give band. a little
2: respect there, Joe Perry has a lot of help from Brad Wilford. Yeah, and he's, he's fantastic also. Brad Wilford also. would make my list also. Yeah. But um, Joe Perry, he he he's that typical Les Paul sound, that blues sound, and I think Aerosmith Smith has such a blues sound.
1: They were on my list for the top six American rock and yeah. roll bands of all time. Yeah, man. In their early stuff, just just bluesy rock and roll. I think they get... I think that this era gets forgotten sometimes by their softer yeah. shit in the 90s. But that's
0: that, like getting yeah. older. Like, I find myself yeah. going backwards more. Like, this isn't a real Aerosmith. Yeah. The you know 70s. Thre- 70s. Junkie Aerosmith, man.
2: Yeah. Rocks is the greatest Aerosmith album there is. Yeah. Yeah. You mean, I love, I love all the Aerosmith that I grew up on, you know, um, but – you see how cookie cutter they got over the years. But they wrote great songs too. Like we have well, the pop songs. They haven't, they wrote, a, song. they haven't yeah. wrote a song since the pump album. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Every every song that you hear from them since the Pump al- Pump album or Pink it's or whatever. It's, like, it's somebody else writing it. Really? They yeah. They haven't wrote a song in years. So they didn't write like Amazing no. or no. Really? I oh, know they wrote all that shit. Oh, so,
0: so so after Get a Grip then? That's what I did. Okay, Okay. Yeah, right. Everything I was going I was gonna
2: start like really? No. Everything after I get a grip or, or Yeah. Or maybe they did pink. Yeah. But I just know in the last 20 years, they haven't done shit in the last 20 20- years.
0: Yeah. That's all right, though. But um, yeah, man. Like Joe Perry, man. You have people who became rock stars after Joe Perry, who Joe Perry was their influence. Like, yeah, you know I mean, yeah. I like mean, you definitely say, like, Izzy Stradlin is definitely a slash. Joe Perry guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, Joe Perry just, he, he, Dude, he's rock and roll. He is rock and roll. Yeah. But look at all the hooks that he wrote. Yeah. yeah. The solo and dream on. Is killer. Sure, the solo and amazing is killer. The only guy that can top him
0: is Keith Richards, man. In my book, you know, I think Joe Perry's it, a more cleaner player. Then no, you're right. Yeah, like it's two different styles. It's the same style, but it's two. It's different, you
1: know. And they're they're always compared to each other. They always yes. the American version, just yeah. like Mick Jagger and Steven Tyler are always yeah. compared to each other. Yeah,
0: they're both geniuses of what they do. But I have to agree with you, Joe Perry's definitely cleaner than Keith. But Keith is a dirty motherfucker, man. <laughs> like <Yeah>. you know,
2: <laughs> I, I I love Aerosmith. I um I wanted to go see them for their 50th anniversary tour, but they got canceled by the pandemic. I love all their albums, but his earlier stuff is what Doug was saying, you know, his original ideas. I read Joe Perry's book. Um he he was a very, very hardworking guy to learn the guitar the way how he played, put a lot of practice hours in. He said he was so geeky and so dorky, the only thing he could do was practice guitar at home. You hear that of all these early rock stars. Yeah, all these guys. Me personally, I didn't have a life, so I just sat (laughs) at home and played
1: the drums the whole time. Sure. I mean, Joe motherfucking Perry. There you go. So that's nine. I think we're halfway through. This is probably a good spot. Maybe we'll take a little commercial break, and then we'll come back, and we'll bring it home. We'll talk about the news, and we'll do the electric chair. I got some listener feedback, and we'll take it from there. We'll be back. Stick around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Chunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. All right, we're back from the commercial break. Thanks to everybody for sticking with us. So we got nine more absolutely amazing guitar players to talk about, and the next one on the list was mine, and I picked Brian May by Queen. Who will be? He's probably the smartest person we've ever talked oh, about. Yeah, on absolutely. Show. After maybe the guy from Anal Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's not many rock stars that
2: have like their their PhD. Yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ! Whatever right, right. he
1: eats, does, he's a
2: scholar yeah he's a
1: phd in astrophysics man, but he is also a absolutely phenomenal guitar player man and he is such a integral part of the sound that queen has man that's what makes
2: it so recognizable is the trademark sound of brian
1: may yeah i mean freddie mercury's voice of course is, is you know amazing and uh distinguishable from anything but the the music the queen has man that layered sound of all the guitar yeah. he called it a three-part guitar harmonies you know they're famous for layering the shit out yeah, of the vocals yeah. but they layered the sounds too um
2: let's hear something
1: yeah all right let's go here's a little bit of we will rock you
0: not a very like complex player you know in what he's playing but in that if you listen to that solo at the beginning of it he comes in with a little scratch and then he starts on the offbeat he starts with the, the solo starts on an offbeat of the you know um you know it took me time to warm up to brian may in my life to be okay. honest with you i used to say he was one of the most overrated guitar players really? ever yes i've i've said it a thousand times but i think again with age you know you kind of recognize people's talent as the more you listen and you get away from like songs like this and like the uh the, the more popular songs that queens doing. you go a little bit down the rabbit hole i love
2: fucking queen ever since i was a little kid i you, have yeah too. you always yeah, did i, I, I love queen ever yeah. since i heard the bill and ted not bill and ted um wayne's world soundtrack yeah. you know in that video
1: um yeah i was the i was a dude in high school Going around with Night of the Opera yeah, on a CD yeah. when all my, yeah. my my buddies are listening to Nine Inch Nails and yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Sure. I was really into that. But
0: that's like when Queen really got big in America. Like, you know, Queen was never like really a big deal in America. They were a big deal, but not like the stardom that they are today because of Wayne's World. You know, and that always made mm-hmm. me, but I never heard of Queen before that, but well, we, we were young. We were, we were you know, young. We were yeah, young, maybe. but still, you know. I mean, I. You're the, the only like time a,
2: I ever heard of Freddie Mercury is when he died. Yeah, when I was yeah, a kid. I would
1: yeah. yeah, I I was into well, when did Wayne's World come out after Freddie died? Yeah, so I I had the Induendo album when it came yeah. out, so yeah. I think I was into that yeah. before yeah. he died. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting too, like a little bit, like trying to figure out like what makes his sound is he uses uh, coins as guitar. Yeah, picks. he does. He uses yeah. old like oh, well. sixpence. Yeah, a friend British of ours, a
0: friend of ours who's a stagehand down at uh, the Wells Fargo Center, he told me that years ago. So he's always searching, going like when he goes to town or he sends like a roadie out or whatever to go to a coin shops and try to find a specific year like between like so and so year and this year. And it, it's made yeah, like there's like, a certain the coins are made. Yeah, it's certain like something that's like that's something special about these coins. But yeah, like he has like thousands He's
2: of them. Friggin. He, he's a scientist. Yeah, he, he
1: made mean, it. The guitar he plays, yeah. uh, he made with his dad. Yeah, was I was gonna, younger, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, the, the, red special. The, yeah, yeah. Or the, sometimes he calls it the old lady or the yeah. fireplace. He was
2: 16 years old when he made that with his father. Yeah. Really
1: cool. Even um, like Steve I, you know, who's an amazing virtuoso. Yeah. A little, a little too much for me. A little, sure. a little okay. too yeah, talented. Yeah. But he said, like, I can sound like anybody who's ever played guitar ever, except Brian May. I can't. No. I can't. Do Nobody that. can sound like Brian May. Yeah.
2: You can't. It's not like you can buy one of his guitars. They're all like one of a kind,
1: so Let's, you can't like imitate them. You got You'd have to yeah. I mean, you'd have to man, reverse engineer it in your head. And the guy's in PhD, so yeah, good luck. Yeah.
2: But I think Gibson
0: does make a model of his guitar. Like I've seen mm-hmm. it in stores before. I'm like, oh, it's the Brian May guitar. But I think like. That original plan, yeah, him and his dad bought it. But I think as time went on, I think Gibson bought the plans. So I mean, there is a Brian May guitar out but there. But I
2: wonder what kind of pedals he used on top of because you could not much. Put, you could just plug in the guitar. Yeah, you know, he like there's de- he definitely had a pedal or something, or it was way before pedals. I don't know. He, he has uh, a fuzz box.
0: Years and years and years ago, they did the concert for Freddie. So I remember seeing James Hetfield on the year and a half yeah. of Metallica, and he's hanging out with Brian May, and he's talking about it's I was like, you know, Brian's such a sweet guy. He's like, oh, come over here. Look at this pedal I have and everything like that. And he's just so fascinated back then by pedals and things like that. He's like, yeah, yeah, I have one already. Like, he <laughs> didn't have the heart to tell him that he had one. But um, no, his, his playing is very simple, you know?
2: I, yeah. I mean, there's, some, there's something better. simple about his complex.
1: Absolutely. He, yeah. I was reading a little bit of like his composition process, and he said he has the entire guitar solo. Like he doesn't sit down with a guitar and just like fiddle around. No. He has it all done in his head, yeah, which is probably part of his his genius. And then he sits down because he's like, uh, he's like, your hands will wander if your brain doesn't lead them, or so he get something like really like, you know, dude is way smarter than all, also, all three of us.
2: They're also Queen is an also uh, a great example of a band using the. Sound studio, as Absolute, an absolutely, absolutely. You, yeah. you know, they use every opportunity that they had in the sound
1: studio. There's that scene in The Bohemian Rhapsody where they're doing, uh they're recording Bohemian Rhapsody, and they keep doing Adding the audio track. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, like oh, 160 layers yeah. of the voices, Um even the note, like. It was interesting. All four members of Queen are in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And I love that. I, that's they all went in at the same
0: time. But wow. I love that, though. Like, they're such a big part of each other. Like, everybody in that band is talented. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, from the vocals to the bass playing to the drums. Like, everybody brought something to the table to that band. Yeah. And they all... they they Every one of those guys have a hit under their belt yeah. that they
1: wrote. I, I looked... And then I went and looked up, like, well, which songs by Queen did Brian May write? And he wrote Fat Bottom Girls, Flash... Hammer to Fall, keep yourself alive. One Vision, Stone Cold Crazy, tie your mother down under pressure, which also gives him partial writing credits for Ice Ice Baby. We will rock you. <laughs> and who wants one. to live forever? Yeah. it's just like nuts. Like He's, those are all great yeah. songs. I think
2: those songs are. Uh, they're all classic. Some of those they're are some of my favorite queens. They're, songs but they're not just simple. They're, right, yeah. There's something about them that's very complex. Yeah. But
1: they are songs I like, and it's not necessarily just because Freddie Mercury is one of the greatest frontmen. No. like the music on some of those, like Hammer to Fall, man, the guitar on it is or just Stone Cold crazy. crazy. Stone
2: Cold Crazy. Da, 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 da. Yeah. That's like the metal. It's like right. Right. that was the, yeah. that's yeah. kind of like the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was
0: the first like kind of metal. Even though he had like like a uh, Black Sabbath doing their thing and everything, Zeppelin, whatever. Sure. But that song, that was like the the what made kind of like metal kind of popular like that that influenced like a lot of guys come later on in life yeah. that were in metal bands that i think they, i'm sorry
2: no go ahead I'm, i think they were a chameleon i think they had so many different styles absolutely of music right. with oh, them. absolutely like, right. every song yeah. was every different. they different. did like
1: disco and disco and, to and funk
2: to yeah. rock to opera mm-hmm. yeah Shit.
1: they had their fingers yeah. in everything and, and part of that is his musicianship as much as it is freddie mercury's amazing voice and yeah. his presence yeah i
2: think they all were great musicians absolutely uh, um the, the drums, his, Roger, Taylor, he's unbelievable. And his vocal style is fucking great, yeah. though, too. And I didn't know that he did those backup
0: vocals yeah, for, 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 until I saw that movie. I, 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 I was like, oh, no, that's all just Freddie. And I was <laughs> like, oh, shit, it's not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, nobody was doing that in the studio no. at the time. Like, that level of, like, layer and texture to the music. But the it talent
2: was, that they had to, to pull it off. They had know? the talent. To, to, they they walk the walk. They talk the talk. Yeah, they made brilliant recordings. Um, they made brilliant recordings and and little snob. You could be a snob though too and, and listen to it. and Be like, oh, this is on another level. But then they do something like we were rock you. It's so is simple. Yeah, it's,
1: it's not like you know, they did Crimson or something. Yeah, it's like they, it's but so they weren't like, oh, this isn't good enough. Yeah. yeah, they it's, easily could be Kim, yeah, King Crimson. Right, but but King Crimson's like. I don't like them. It's like, it's too much. Yeah. yeah. You know, the queen is like accessible. Yeah. But they're still like up here with their, their pop band musicianship. It, yeah. They were, they were every kind of music. Yeah. That's what
2: made queen. I mean, Freddie was such an amazing vocalist. They could tackle
1: any kind of music that you put in front of them. Another band where just four dudes just happened to be in the right place at the right time when they all met it. and just amazing But the musicians. level but you just,
0: just the level of talent, just to be in that in that college that they were all in. Yeah. You know, just that level. I think mean, it's crazy.
2: Just, you couldn't just go to that college. Mm-hmm. You had to be like a scholar. Sure. Like you they weren't it wasn't like you were going to temple or some right, shit. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with temple. <laughs> not against anybody who went to temple or I didn't even go to college. You um, had a better education than yeah.
1: than, than college, right?
2: Yeah. Let's Keep moving, man. I, mean, I, mean,
1: I could talk about Queen forever. Uh, David Gilmore, another great pick, man. Dude, David Gilmore is a part of
0: uh, everybody's like soundtrack growing up, you know. And like, it kind of this I discovered it when I moved the Jersey, me and Ryan moved to Jersey. Like, you know, it, I, I never really got into them. Then, you know, you go to that Jer- was high school years, that like, was like, but that's you what, what I mean.
2: Discover Pink Floyd in high school, yeah, that's what I mean. You
0: know what I mean, yeah, it's high school, and it like it was like dazed and confused, you know what I mean? It was like that movie, Days and Confused, and he, David Gilmer, great guitar player. Yeah, man. He's an emotional guy. He's an emotional player,
1: Mm. you know? Let's hear some of it. This is uh, Have a Cigar off of Wish You Were Here.
0: Like, when we started doing research for the show, like, a couple of names came when we started making this list. He was, like, the second person I thought of.
1: Like, he's just the ultimate guitar player. That's like, interesting. I had totally forgotten about him. And then that's when we were sharing yeah, the notes, I was like, yeah. oh, damn, that's a good pick. But
0: that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I'm like, oh, well, dude, we never really even talked about we Pink Floyd We
1: haven't talked about the show. much at we didn't all. We about Pink Floyd at all. I yeah. Mean,
2: I think we can have a show on Pink Floyd. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Um, Gilmore was the second guitar player in Pink Floyd. Yeah. Uh, the original guy. Sid Barrett went a little crazy, all of the
1: acid that he did. Shine on you crazy diamond. But he
2: was no way near the the musician that David Gilmore was. Not at all. Yeah,
1: Sid Barrett's almost like in this legendary thing now, because he... He just dosed his ass off. Yeah, showed up. he showed up a couple (laughs) of the recording recording sessions, like he had shaved his head and shaved off his eyebrows and all this other kind of stuff. He's just a maniac. Yeah.
2: I don't know, Gilmore has this very English way of playing guitar. But he's He's definitely... a very slow hand. But yeah,
0: I guess so. Very slow hand. Do you think that that, that you, term "slow hand" like how Clapton has like is that an English
2: thing? Like that slow is. hand. I think I think that tone is. Yeah, I think that tone is absolutely an English sound. Um, that they Pink Floyd is such on another level. They're another band that uses the recording studio as a as an instrument. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite albums of Pink Floyd is Animals. Absolutely, that's a really great album and even though it's a roger waters album it's mostly a david gilmore album yeah i mean i think that's what set uh gilmore being like look i can make these fucking great albums too you know right yeah. it's not all the roger Waters show you know but you know like some of his solos i like did you
0: ever listen to like um dark side of moon just like one song off the dark side of moon like, I never did. Like, I was just like, I have to listen to it to the an entire, whole thing. The whole thing. The whole thing. But like, you know, some of his solos, like, in some of his songs, like, the solo uncomfortably Numb. Brilliant. The solo in Time. Brilliant. Shining your crazy diamond solo. Brilliant. Brick in the Wall, part two. That's iconic. Yeah. Money. Hey, you. Dogs. That solo is fantastic. But like, one of my favorite solos is the solo from like, Learning to Fly. Yeah. That's my know. favorite Pink Floyd song. Yeah. Like, and we just listen to Have a Cigar. Like, the solo and pigs
2: is fantastic, is amazing and of course comfortably numb yeah animals yeah. is great metal is a great album the wall is the greatest album ever in my opinion we can have a i think we're gonna have a pink fluid show yeah we can have a discussion I mean, about we can, that we just talk about the wall yeah. yeah
1: if we don't do that we talked about doing concept albums too and the wall would yeah, be yeah. on that
2: I just think we can talk about
1: side one and two, one
2: side of the show, and then side three and four on the other side of the show, and we could just tear it apart and go through the psyche of fucking Pink. But you know, it drives
0: me crazy, dude. I've seen Roger Waters a lot, dude. I've probably seen him about eight times. i have never seen David Gilmore because he doesn't though. tour. Yeah, yeah. He well, he did it. one
2: time. He yeah, played Madison Square Garden. Yeah.
0: And what drives me crazy or boggles my mind, Pink Floyd hasn't toured since like what 94? 93, 94 93 94 I was like and the that's, only
1: person in my high school to enjoy
0: yeah, that meets, show yeah meets you know. us too I, <laughs> I, I had
2: to work at Pet Boys that day yeah what a fucking but heck. how
0: how crazy is that though they haven't done a tour like, since
2: 93 the I mean, 94 one of them just that died. they would get offered yeah. yeah there's one of them just died the keyboard player he's gone Rob and uh, not Rob Tom Mason Tom, yeah he's the drummer he's still around Gilmore and Roger Waters I don't think you can give them they just to hate each well, other well they did a show did they do live eight they did live yeah, eight. yeah. And,
0: and it wasn't that good in my no. opinion it wasn't very good at that all. was a,
1: that was a huge fucking deal when they it did was that together too yeah. i yeah. remember being like glued it was either i watched yeah. it on the computer or the tv yeah. or whatever yeah. being like planning my schedule around to yeah. see that
2: yeah. but how good could it be though i mean everybody worked it up to be so fucking good yeah. maybe it was good but it wasn't whatever I enough yeah. right. it's not for everybody's hype no, I I'm thought it was them. pretty good. I thought it was awesome. I remember watching it. And I'm like, they're gonna, they're gonna do a tour. It's, they're coming. They're coming. And then never
1: it got it. Done. right back to hate. But each you know, other. it's
2: it's like these guys can go fuck themselves because they're not. <laughs> they're, no, they can because they're, they're blind. They, they don't want to come out and do it for the fans. Yeah, you know, th- th- that goes a long way with me. You guys can't do this because you, you know, guys can't get together. Fuck.
1: Yeah, they don't I'm, need the money and
0: yeah do it for the fans. Yeah. But like you know Roger Waters still do he's coming soon. I've like I just saw him like the last two tours. He's a little bit too political for for my taste for a rock and for roll a show. For Limey for yeah. a Limey for a, in America. Yeah. He's yeah. just shut up. Yeah, he's a difficult person. Yeah, He's not I, a
1: very uh, likable person. No at all. No. I I saw him the last tour he did too when he did the wall and I I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes it was like all right dude just and I I understand that's part of who he is. Yeah. Much like I like Rage Against the Machine, and sometimes yeah, I just right. want Rage Against the Machine to shut up. Yeah. Just play your song. Yeah, but right. Rage
2: Against the Machine are Americans, so they can it, talk shit on right. America. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know
1: what, dude? Like, after 9-11, I never forget. Like, I remember Zach De La Roca or maybe it was Tom Morello, one of those guys going like, yeah, 9-11 sucks, but America got what it deserved. And it was, like, right <laughs> after it, too, when, wow. like, everybody was,
2: you yeah. know... Eh, get their name in the name of the Tom still makes our list, doesn't
0: yeah, <laughs> he? Yeah, so... I yeah, mean, David Gilmore, man. Like... One of the greatest guitar players of whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent pick.
2: Jerry Garcia. The one, the only Jerry. Let's just get to it. Just play some Jerry right off the bat.
1: Sugary. Live at Hartford, Connecticut, May 28th, 1977.
2: I mean, I think that says it all right there. Jerry moves me. He moves me spiritually. Sure. Uh, You know, Jerry, all his guitars were made for him. Jerry's famous guitar, Rosebud, was made by a guy named Doug Arwin. Um, Doug also made a few other guitars for Jerry that are pretty famous. A few of them. One of them is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But these jerry guitars are nothing without jerry of course sure um his playing is a very they call i guess noodling i think noodling is an insult i agree yeah i agree noodling is an insult to a way that sounds like it's just making
1: busy right it sounds like it's fucking around yeah Yeah, Yeah, but it's not it's so
2: playful like you know what i mean like it's
0: so playful like not in a child like but like the only thing that comes in my mind is the bears like you know, what I mean, like it's it's that's the only way I can explain it. Like it's such a playful, like just even gentle
2: sound. Just even what we heard right there is very moving. That's why yeah. I yeah. picked that part of the song because I love how Jerry, I guess, builds up to the part where he just keeps on sustaining that note, and it's moving.
1: It is, and moving is a great. I've listened to a million different versions of Sugary, and I always kind of have that experience. Like almost kind of like an emotional experience yeah. after listening mm. to it, and because a lot of it is because of that guitar work
2: yeah jerry man nobody was like jerry nobody plays like jerry so many has like imitated jerry over the years people say trey Anastasio is like like tr- plays like jerry but the only thing that makes me think like jerry maybe that little whatever they call noodling his tone yeah. is real like trey's Tone is really different than, than yes, Jerry's. Yeah, well, no, like Jerry's bluegrass. Yeah, you know, yeah Jerry's yes. like blues yeah. and bluegrass. That's yeah. what the Grateful Dead was when they first started. Was a blues band. Jerry has a lot of blues. Like you, you hear his playing, you put it up against BB King. They're both playing solid notes. Yeah, like one at a time. Like he's like Jerry. Like
0: you know, he did some complex things, but like a majority, like what is live? Like you, you seem like like of course I never see him play live. But I've listened to enough live tracks. Like it's it's just
2: good simple stuff. Like I mean, like there's a lot going on, but it's not complicated stuff. I don't think he. I don't think the Grateful Dead music was made to be complicated. No, I think it was made to be understood. Yeah, like, not, and not everybody can play it though. That's no, like you can't no, copy. At all. It. You can't copy it. Yeah, and, I mean everybody copies it. Yeah, everybody copies it. Um, <sighs> Jerry was more than just a guitar player. He was a leader. For a whole generation of people. He was a guy that didn't want to be the spokesperson, but they made him the spokesperson. Mm. He was like, I'm not a I'm not the man. I'm not I'm just like one of his players. Yeah. But then the, they rely the whole band around them. And he be ultimately became the face of the Grateful Dead. You know? Jerry before he died, he had ice cream. That's how big yeah. he was. Yeah. You know, they had the Jerry Garcia doll. That was huge too. And a line of ties. Ties. I had a couple of those. Sunglasses. He had artwork. He yeah. was a very talented dude. Yeah. He had his hands in everything. Yeah. And he and I feel like the Grateful Dead was awake to him. Like he had to play with them. He had a he had this huge payroll they had to take care of. He had all these people that worked for him that he had to take care of. There's right. a lot of, or pressure. the people yeah.
1: that, that, that relied on them just to follow them around. Yeah, sure. All
2: the fans relied on like, shit. I rely like, on these guys. Right.
1: There's like the city of people following you around, selling shit. Yeah. The Whole economy.
2: And they're just waiting you for it to go on tour so they can get the work. Do you think, um, especially back then, Jerry Garcia was the face
0: of the Grateful yeah. Dead? How yeah. Scott, like, okay, like we had this conversation about anthrax once and scott ian and scott ian said like i wish anthrax was as famous as i am being the guitar player for anthrax yeah. do you Jerry, think jerry's the same thing yeah. i yeah, think if yeah. you're
1: just if if you're not into the dead you, you know, who you, know Jerry is, Garcia. you probably don't know like bob yeah. and all these yeah. other guys and especially I in think. the 90s like even
0: like before he died like ryan said like he had tie, he had his own line ties that were really big sellers you know yeah and um like his face was on everything
2: and it still is. They're like kiss. They have, yeah. they're, they, they're, they're, that steal your face is on everything. Yeah. Anything you could think of. Maybe not condoms. <laughs> like kiss, they don't have a coffin either. Yeah. You know?
1: All right, man. Let's, let's keep on moving. Let's keep on rolling.
2: God bless the Grateful Dead.
1: Next was uh, one of my picks, and I picked Eddie Van Halen. Oh,
2: Eddie, we miss you, brother.
1: Can't have a conversation about great guitar player without talking about Eddie Van Halen. Why don't we just jump right in and play a little bit of Eddie Van Halen. Let's just play a little bit of Van Halen. Here's some Romeo Delight.
2: I think I picked that solo because I think it does a little bit of everything Eddie ever did in just that part right there. He shreds. He's doing the finger tap. He's making it scream. And then he brings it all the way down. I, I was going to say that's such an obscure pick. To, to, it is. To yes. represent Eddie Van Halen. No, I, nobody knows in, that song, not. dude. No, I mean, I think my man, the Blue Meanie, would be impressed. Yeah, yeah. That I, I think song. so also. Yes. And
0: it's like we were talking um, during the thing. I'm like,
1: man, I think that's the most
0: Mike Anthony I ever fucking <laughs> did in a song, man. Yeah. He, um, he only got to stretch out on that one.
1: Yeah. Something I was reading about him too was talking about. He was like, if you really want to be a kick ass play solos, you got to be able to play that rhythm too. And he's like, yeah. the people that want to be stars, they all want to go do the solos, but you got to know the foundational kind of stuff. Um, I, dude, he just, be t- technique, equipment, style, you know, the the way he played, there's persona on stage. He just, he changed everything. He's another oh, yeah. guy
2: that made his own guitar. We yeah. talked about it in other episodes. Yeah. Um, eddie made the frankenstein
1: yeah rolling stone called him a mad scientist he he was was. always making guitars and yeah he
2: he was just uh above the level man he the way that he made guitars was revolutionary
1: the way that he made pickups In 1970-something. He's the dude that I I mentioned earlier in the show that I found, like, wiring diagrams of, like, here's his amp and Mm -hmm. how he feeds into the pedal. And it was, like, way over... yeah I'm not a musician, so I was like, all right, cool, I'm out. That's, like, the original, like, pickups in Frankenstein. They're just wired, dude. Just just wrapped in wire,
0: like, all the way around. Like, you know, it's just... Dude, he was crazy, like... It's, how's how his how his brain worked just
1: keep doing different shit to get the sound that was in his yeah. head. Well that was like it's like
0: the Edison thing like
2: oh I I figured out a 1000 ways not to make a light bulb. You know what I mean? Uh, he said he would take his pickups and he would dip them in acid and when it was boiling that's when he took them out mm. because that's when it got it stored, enough
1: fuzz to get him what he wanted. Yeah.
2: And the, even the strings that he used I'm sure added to his his solo or what his sound was. You know, to the picks that he used, he used picks with silver tips to them.
1: He owns a, he owns a couple patents for like guitar. Yes, he does stuff like the like it was like a holder so he could do his finger tapping, and it was a couple other things that like so he was that innovative with just even what it means to play guitar. If you look at the the
0: line that he has of the EVH line, if you re- like, if you could do your research, because you, I looked into it like right after he passed away because woof. Wolfgang yeah. inherited all this stuff. And matter of fact, he's open up for guns and roses and he's using, he's not used, he's using a, a Les Paul because that's what I read that, that uh wolf likes to play, but everything else from the pedals to his amplifiers it's all his dad's stuff.
2: Hmm. You know, it's but crazy. yet he doesn't want to be associated with his dad.
0: No, I don't think that's true. Well, Mammoth, the band Mammoth is named after the, Van Halen's first band. First name.
1: You know? Yeah. I, I listened to that this week. I, it was okay. No, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. I he plays to, every yeah. instrument on it.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. It's very, very Yeah, it good. sounds a little bit like Toll, it has its moments. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it has yeah. a little bit of everything on there. Yeah.
1: But it's a good rock and roll album. I was thinking about how, like, Van Halen fits into, like, the arc of music, too. And it, they come out at a time when there's a whole lot of, like, heavy bands making this big serious you know enormous guitar rock and then Van Halen comes around and it's like it's fun music exactly it's know, a party band like it, it leads to like Mötley Crüe yeah. and all that other it's kind gateway.
2: of stuff i think Eddie was the first guitar player to smile like Maybe in videos. Sure, yeah. In videos. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was making the the, the serious face when they're playing guitar, and they just smile the whole
1: time. They're like, yeah, they're they're over the top. You yeah, know, like hot for teacher with the outfits and they're yeah. dancing and the. But it's still like a kick ass. They marketed themselves as a party. Yeah, you know
2: they always said uh everybody always wanted to go backstage for the Van Halen show. Everybody think this the show. The, the, after the show was the party it's like no the party was before the show leading up to the concert <laughs> up to the yeah. concert. yeah like that that sounds wild man yeah like let's party our ass off before we go on stage and then once the show's over we're out
1: <laughs> crazy speaking of bands that party a lot man The ne- <laughs> the next guitar player on our list is slash play a little bit of paradise city
0: Yeah, I, I like I picked this band because like here's Slash. Here's another guy who has a signature sound. You hear him play on something, on anything, you know it's Slash. Yeah, he has that Les Paul sound, like straight up. He 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 made, the, in my opinion, I think that he brought the Les Paul back. You know, before grunge and everything, when all, you know, when like hair band music, but you know, Guns N' Roses was so I guess in the beginning considered a hair band. Nobody was using a Les Paul. You know no, that, I mean, that
1: song's 35 years old. And I, hear, I think
0: I that solo still,
2: solo's still fucking, yep, fucking killer man. Yep, like the uh, the anticipation of the guitar when those drums are going out and Axel singing that part and it's like rivering up an engine.
1: I even I mean, the him strumming at the beginning of the song, sure, is just like I'm immediately back to I can see the video in my head. And or I feel like I'm right back in I guess I was shit, I was in middle school when that song yeah, came out. Holy shit. But here's right another back to
0: But here's another guy. Like he partied his ass off, but he wasn't partying, he was just practicing and
1: practicing and practicing.
0: Like that's all he does now. He always has a guitar in his hand.
1: Yeah, they say. He's really very business-like now he is despite his yeah. like even when they broke up for a while he yeah. was getting pissed at axel going like dude we have we have like customers that pay to see us yeah you can't be an yeah. asshole and like not go to philly because you decide to go to a fucking knicks game yeah.
2: yeah he uh you know what's what's better than appetite for destruction he got three major openings of any fucking song he has three written on the first album Welcome to the Jungle intro, Sweet Child of Mine intro, and the Paradise City intro. They're all classic rock intro songs. Like you know it right away. Yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, Slash is not a one trick pony. No, he no. does it
1: all, man. No, definitely not. Like
2: he did. He did a song that
0: song with Lane Kravitz, Always on the Run. Like you know what I mean. He he like, also did Black and White with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. He did another song with Michael Jackson. Kind of listened to today because somebody like I read an article and I recommended it, and I'm like, uh, I. I don't. I don't. I don't. I didn't get that whole Michael Jackson thing, unless
2: it was just about money. You, you know? don't get more of a rock star than than, than you, Michael Jackson. Yeah. So I think Slash was like, "I'm going to be the biggest rock star I could possibly be." Yeah. And rock next to
1: Michael Jackson. I was reading his book, and it was when like my first wife and I went up to the Pocono. It was one of those cheesy, like, romantic places, mm. and because uh, our our marriage was falling apart and we were trying to save it. And I'm reading Slash's book, and he talks about he was getting ready to go on tour with Michael Jackson. And 9-11 hit and they were practicing in New York and Slash goes to look around and Michael Jackson's gone. He just like, fuck that, I'm out of <laughs> here. And Slash didn't know where to get. He couldn't get a flight. So he got in a car. He ran out of car and he just tried to drive as far west as possible to get out of New York. And he's like, and I got to, I almost ran out of gas. And the only, the only place I could find was this shitty hotel in the Poconos that was like this romance place. And here I am, I'm in this hotel. He's like, and I got this hotel room and I had like a card uh, shaped tub heart-shaped and all that. Tub, yeah. And I'm in the fucking hotel that he's right away. Really? And he's like, I was in this place with this, this thing after 9 11. And I'm like, I'm looking around, I'm like, Wait, He's I'm, describing the room. Right, I'm like, I'm, <laughs> the same, I'm in the same place. No like, shit. Slash, slash fled there after 9-11. That's wow. crazy. That's but, fucking crazy. This is funny.
0: But I think my favorite so- slash solo is a solo from Estranged. Like, yeah. it's also my favorite Guns N' Roses song. But, like, listen to the solo in, like, Double Talk and Jive. You know, Sweet Child of Mine, Mr. Brownstone, Night Train, Rocket Queen. You can keep on going on and on and on. November Rain, you know. Even, like, falling the, the solo and falling the Pieces from Velvet Revolver is amazing. You know?
1: Yeah, Guns N' Roses is not Guns N' Roses without him. No, you Absolutely couldn't do not,
0: it. Yeah. Like, and, you know, Axel try to do it without him and whatever. Like, me and Ryan went to go see him and just go see Fat Elvis up there. And no, he was, fucking it. It was like, awesome.
2: He was great. You know, we were, he I'm was like, fucking yeah. awesome. It doesn't matter if he has yeah. Slash or not with yeah. him. Axel's the man.
0: But um, one album that I kind of uh, rediscovered by, you know, bringing up songs is like that Ryan had it when we were kids, the Slash of Snake Pit. It's, it's called I Five O'Clock that. Somewhere. yeah. And that song Monkey Chow on there, that song's killer, man. You know, his solo on there is killer. But yeah, Slash is
1: uh, one of the most g- important guitar players of our generation. I absolutely agree. Next one is a little obscure, and I'm I'm surprised to see this album cover on the Spotify list because I have not listened to this album in 20 years. Nuno Betancourt from Extreme. Sure. Nuno
2: Betancourt is one of the greatest guitar players, underrated guitar players. Agreed. Um... If, yeah. if you need some street credit from Uno, I'll give Nuno, I'll give you a few. He did more than words, and his biggest street credit thing is he's Rihanna's guitar player. Yeah, he's on tour. He he's is on, he really? Yes, yeah. he is. Yeah, he's Who on should. tour most of the year with Rihanna, and he tours the world. And he's the, her, her guitar player. Huh, that's crazy. I I that, like,
0: that. that is so, like I, I've known yeah. that, and I was like, that's so fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Here's this guy. Like if like this guy wrote more than words. Yeah, it's a, I, one of the I biggest songs of all like, time. Like just not he not doing anything no. anymore. And no,
1: no, no. I follow social media. He's been yeah. a lot. Let's play a little bit of new. No, this is Cupid's dead. Off of three sides to every story.
2: Pick that. I mean, it shows how the band is fucking unbelievable. Yeah, what you, you guys have said band. before,
1: like, they're a funk band. I mean, you could totally hear it in, yeah. The, yeah. in the bass line there. It, you band.
2: never hear songs from, like, that, from Extreme, because it's buried underneath all... They're one-hit wonder.
1: They are, you know. You but know. that one, even that one hit was not representative of their sound. Not at all. Right? like, you didn't not not I even mean, know that song, you wouldn't even no. know there was two no. other dudes in that no. band. No,
2: They had a hard time putting that on the album.
1: They're like this
2: has nothing like we're doing and it, and they and it worked it got them really popular but on a popular on the wrong end of it right because yeah. nothing you else know? that they did sounded like I that. saw we <laughs> saw them on that tour when they did more than words yeah and they're like all right here we go yeah, yeah here we, go. we got to play it we got to play who did it. they open up for um, David Lee Roth that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah they did Cinderella and David Lee Roth yeah, yeah
0: that's right that's right yeah but
2: like that band is just dude but They're Nuno, a great band Nuno was a prodigy not under Eddie Van Halen but he took a lot from Eddie Van Halen I, I suggest you know if, if you are a guitar freak like you love guitar you know because that you should listen to some extreme if you're really into Joe Satriani if you're really into Steve Vai you should definitely listen to some Nuno Benincourt he's I
0: think I think guitar players still know. him. Remember the last time? The last time we were in Guitar Center, and they had one of his guitars behind the counter. It was the number four one, whatever that model guitar was. I have it written down. But um, I think he's still. I think he's very relevant. I think he's very known in the in the music scene, but people who actually play and actually, you know, I've talked he, to people. He plays who, a
2: Washburn. He plays
0: Washburn. Did yeah,
2: the,
0: and I've talked to people who are guitar nuts, who actually play guitar. Never heard of Nuno Bettencourt, but they're yeah. also young, you know. But
2: like how are they going to be known who he is when Extreme's not making albums anymore? Yeah. Like I did see them on tour 2 years ago before a pandemic and they were awesome. But they're not making albums anymore. They're 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 rolling off of songs they made 30 years ago. And that's fine. I think that's totally fine to do yeah. that. But like they're, they're not influencing guitar players out there. He definitely not. It's a shame. Cuz he's not known.
1: Yeah, this is like next-level kind of stuff to know him and the influence that he has.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if anybody is is known for this generation of guitar players is John Mayer. Like, that's who they got. Mm, yeah. You know, we had... A shitload of them. Yeah, you know, Nuno is just one of the lesser-known ones.
0: You know, it's, it reminds me of a story. So when the whole more than words thing was going on, I remember seeing on like MTV or read an article that each of his hands were insured for a million dollars a piece. Yeah, yeah, I think you said that before. You know what right? I mean? Like that's that's pretty.
2: No, the guy I mean, did so some shit, awesome. man.
0: The guy's is pretty known. I guess. I don't know. Is I don't it, think he's known. I think he's like a said, shame. He's known yeah.
2: in the guitar nerd. If yeah. you're a guitar nerd, you know who Nuno is. Yeah. You I know. Agree. If you're like there's a kid down the bar that is a whiz at guitar. He has no idea who Nuno is. Yeah, I remember asking him and yeah. he was like who? I'm like, you need to start yeah. listening. How do you not know who this is? Yeah, I mean the young guys just know Satriani and Vi. Malstein. Malstein. Nuno you know, is, is
1: lost in, in a whole generation of guitar players I agree with that do you think they get caught up because oh he's in that band with the dude who was the shitty third singer for Van Halen no
2: I think they get for they're a hair band they get caught up Oh, they're just a hair band okay I don't think they were a hair band no they were not but they were caught up in yeah. that whole scene they opened up for Cinderella yeah you know, they opened up for David Lee because,
0: yeah, because they got nosed because of that song because they were considered a one hit wonder you know more than words.
1: All right. Uh we're down to our last picks for each of us. I picked the Hammer of the Gods, the Pontiff of the Power Riff, Jimmy Page. Yeah, Very well said. Yeah. I ripped that off. I stole Did that much like Jimmy Page, <laughs> just I a- stole it from somebody else. Yes. Here is a little bit of Achilles' last stand.
0: Now you said like you know like how you ripped off everything like everybody ripped off everybody but like you know you have Clapton who ripped off everybody but here you have Jimmy Page when he was doing that nobody was doing what he was doing
2: Bruce well, why did you pick Jimmy Page
1: Man I so just the the power song or the the powerful sound that they make I think almost like you could make an argument that Led Zeppelin is almost like a proto-heavy metal band in a sure. lot of ways. Yeah. You know, that there, there's super heavy blues influence on everything. I think he was the first musician or band that I listened to, and I was like, that guy is just out of his mind, another level guitar player. Sure, totally. Yeah. I think he was also the first, um, like, legend guitar player I ever saw on concert. I mean, the, You and I went, we saw him with the Black Crows. Oh, yeah. And like the mid 90s yeah and i, I remember just going too. like yeah. i remember just going like holy shit that's a dude from led zeppelin yeah. i remember yeah. he was wearing like a suit jacket and he was playing the reverb against the the the, the amp yeah. stack and everything yeah. and i remember
2: just going like whoa yeah. what is this he did the plant and page tours also he that was like 95 and 96 yeah and that was awesome the the and yeah. all that was great yeah other stuff. yeah man he came out and he 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 did maybe some lesser known as zeppelin songs but still it was fucking unbelievable but
1: (laughs) no i'm just that those were great because like when they got when they were doing that show somebody i don't know it was like an award show or something they asked john paul jones like what did they they say They forgot his phone yeah Yeah, Yeah, they're like i think i I thank my my
0: my friends for remembering my phone number that's what he said yeah he's like i'm I'm
1: still here guys yeah thanks and And he
0: played a lot of this like and john paul jones played a lot of the instruments on those albums that jimmy page gets credit for
1: you know they
2: didn't want to split the dough yeah He's not with talent. anybody Not yeah. with nobody they yeah. had to kill
1: the other guy off. <laughs> 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 They killed bonzo they uh yeah man i we were talking last week about that rock and roll archaeology podcast has another episode they talked extensively about zeppelin and the their influences and how they rip mm. people off and everything and i don't want to rehash yeah. everything but they it's just. About, but
2: but. everybody did though like, I, don't I don't think, think it, it was so much they were ripping them off I think they were influenced by it. Yeah, but and especially never... at the time, it's like, oh, nobody ever heard this before. Yeah, well, that's
0: like the Stones. When we're talking about the Stones, like these white like, these kids never heard like any of these blues songs. Like the Stones were doing all covers in the beginning. These kids never heard these but the songs Stones before. Would,
1: the Stones would bring out like Muddy Waters yeah. and Helen Wolf. It was like Zeppelin didn't acknowledge it. They didn't do anything financially. Yeah, they. It was almost like okay, like. Nobody's gonna know all this shit because like you didn't have like computers and Spotify to go down the rabbit hole and yeah. find it all. Yeah, I
2: mean also Jimmy Page was in the Yardbirds.
1: Exactly. Yes. You know he sure.
2: he had a whole career before the the Led Zeppelin.
1: Yeah. And also I and I and he was also a big session dude. Yeah. yeah. So I looked yeah. up like some of his session shit and it was like so he plays on Hurdy Gurdy Man by Donovan, Harder Stone by the Stones, Here Comes the Night by them. High with a little help from my friends by Joe Cocker. Oh wow! The theme from Goldfinger, the James Bond Mm -hmm. movie, and Downtown by Petula Clark. Downtown. Downtown. I don't. He's playing on that. I don't know. I have to listen to. that. I'm gonna find a guitar on that. So yeah, he's like playing
2: some blues riff all the way down. Right. Yeah. So yeah,
1: man, he's amazingly talented. Versatility. There's a complicated relationship with old. Blues musicians and I mean they got they they no. got sued. to... Did, fucking, really you know, did he get called dude, out a lot? They really they, they, there was a lot of like families of old blues musicians that we're coming sued after them. Oh yeah, they, they, I never yeah, heard that. They, yeah they, oh, yeah, they've
2: that whole first album they had to give royalties away. Yeah, no they've, kidding.
1: They've made some, some substantial financial wow. contributions yeah. to some people. Wow, Absolutely. but they
2: didn't fight it. They were like, yeah,
1: yeah finally they got caught. Basically, like, I yeah. guess.
2: But like, who thinks in like nineteen seventy? I'm gonna be influenced to play this blues riff from some guy that nobody ever fucking heard of, and then the song's so big that the family of the original riff guy
1: comes right. Finally, comes and say, looking Yo. for it. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, they've also kind of been, and I, I learned this from listening to rock and roll archaeology. I want to make sure I give credit where it's due, but it's also they're they're kind of like dismissive about it. You know, even if yeah, they're English, yeah. they're, they're English. Probably, eh, you know, whatever's so be a deal, than man. That. I yeah.
0: got my own castle. Don't yeah, worry about right. it. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: you know, um, Jimmy Page is an interesting guy. He was very into black magic, he was very into Alistair Crowley. He yes. bought his house, yeah. he bought his car, you know, he bought some of his books and everything. Yeah. So he, they say that he sold
1: his soul to the devil, also. Adam to Robert Johnson. All right, man, let's keep rolling. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I I picked this one because,
0: you know, Dusty just passed away and everything like that. So, of course, you know, every time you turn on the radio or whatever, there's a ZZ Top song, you know. And I remember Ryan playing uh, uh, Albino Red for all those years and thinking about the solos and how we talked before about, you know, Billy Gibson. So he had to go on my list. You know, I felt that it was worth talking about. Let's listen to
1: it. Cheap sunglasses, man. I love the guitar solo in this song. (laughs) I could listen to that whole song yeah
0: billy gibbons is the guitar player's guitar player you know what i mean but he has it. a great fuzz
2: sound
1: yeah like i that. was thinking it's like scratchy fuzzy yeah even part of that song has a little bit like a psychedelic sound to totally. it like we didn't play that in the clip but there yeah. is that that part of it it gets really high and mm. very ethereal sounding just really cool man it's a great song
2: he has so many fucking awesome guitars he's really popular by playing the explorer he was sure. always playing explorer, but do you remember the one the fur covered body yeah. from the videos? Yeah, it was like gold plated hardware and the frets.
0: That's why, like, I really never really liked ZZ Top growing up, yeah, because of the, they were more visual than me, like the shtick, and I never really got it. You know, it was just, it was yeah. just, it was just a fucking TV thing, and these fucking guys with these beards—they were so much better
3: than like I know they're were, they were better than likes. They're yeah. better than all their yeah.
0: songs. And, like, of course, later in life, I discovered these albums. Like, anything anything off of Tres, Tres
1: Ombres is a fucking masterpiece, man.
0: It just—I just felt like it needed to be brought on maybe. Yeah, man.
1: I, I said in the American rock and roll band that if an alien came down to the planet and said, take me—I want to know what this American rock and roll is, that's the yeah. band that would roll out. Yeah. Just nice. love it. Love them. Yeah, love the I, huge, love yeah. that huge sound. And I still
0: think that they're underrated. You know what I mean? I think they're an underrated band. Yeah, maybe because they were around so long. Maybe because they were such a big part of the MTV thing. They take it for granted, for absolutely. So
2: long. And now that they're they're not done because they obviously moved on after <laughs> well, yeah. after well, Dusty like,
1: died. Well, that was all planned. That was, yeah. I read
0: an article about that. They had that plan. Dusty was already done, so the show must go on, dude. You know,
1: <laughs> right? All right, man. Last artist on the list is Stevie Ray Vaughan, and you picked Little Wing. Yeah, let's go to it right, right. away. Go
2: to two thirty seven you. Yeah. Even though it's a cover, he makes the zone. Oh, it is a zone. He's a. It's total instrumental that version of Little Wing. Jimi Hendrix's version, you know, obviously has lyrics to it. Yeah, and he just plays melody over it. He's he was the fucking best man. Yeah. I don't give a shit. He was the best guitar I player ever.
0: Well, you know, like he did Voodoo Child. Also, we played it on another show, and like that's his own version. Like you know, Hendrix has his version, but C Ray's on Stevie version. Ray kind of
2: got his bones by. Being a Hendrix uh, tribute kind of guy. Sure. You know, so he'd, he'd be playing Texas little backyard things, doing like okay. Hendrix riffs and everything like that. Yeah. But his brother um, is the guy from the Fabulous Thunderbirds. Um, his brother is also a yeah. well known guitar player. Jimmy. G- yeah, Jimmy Vaughn.
1: That's right. He's like the clean, like a Doug. I think you described him as that, or maybe it was you, Ryan. You you just said he's like he's a blues musician, but he's really clean. Yeah, he's and clean. his notes. Yeah, you know, and the blues. So much of the blues is dirty sounding. It's fuzzy and crunchy and. Steve Ray Vaughn was not. He was blues. so clean. Yeah.
2: Even, he, it was like Texas blues. Yeah. It's, it's a different style than, uh, sh- you know, Chicago blues. It's just really before. different. It's very different.
1: Even a guy, I don't know, I'm thinking, I don't listen to a ton of like Texas blues. Like, sure, you do. Kenny, well, like, I mean, ZZ Top, but ZZ Top doesn't have that clean sound. Yeah. You know, like I'm thinking like Kenny Wade Shepard isn't, mm. isn't, isn't that clean. Nobody was yeah. that clean.
2: No. no he it was the style of his sound. I mean, even his extortion was clean.
1: Yeah, like the tone – just the tone of his of his guitar Brilliant. has like a little bit of echo to it, but it's uh, – I'm not a musician to even describe it, but it just – I hear that immediately. I go, that is Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, uh, sure. You could just tell right away. You know it's really funny?
0: Three guys out of these lists today is from Austin, Texas. I think we Rye right Guy, we need to go take a ride. Take to a ride. To talk, take a, I've always ride heard Austin.
1: Austin's a really, really cool town.
0: Dude, so I heard, you know, I saw it on the uh, Sonic Highway documentary that Dave Grohl put out and dude it's right in the middle of Texas, but it has a huge art art scene and you know, I guess it's liberal for Texas and it just seems like a very, very cool place to go visit. Yeah.
2: going back to Stevie Ray Vaughn, um Stevie Ray's famous guitar number one was a Fender Stratocaster. He referred it to his as his first wife, (laughs) um, or his number one. He explained why his favorite this guitar in the '83 interview. I like the strength of the sound. Any guitar I play has got to be pretty versatile. It's got a big, strong tone, and I'll take it. Anything I do with it, Hmm. it's awesome. I mean, he he. I've seen videos of Steve Rayvon playing and then break a string, and in the same stride. Change the guitar just and jump just right back into right the He would play so much his his fingertips would fall off and he would crazy glue.
1: Crazy glue and back on. Yeah.
2: And it's a shame he he overcame this really bad addiction problem. And when he got clean, he became the greatest guitar player that you could possibly become. And then he died. Died in
1: just a, yeah. in a freak accident yeah. again to it's, somebody yeah. else who didn't die because he was Making bad life decisions. He just, he, he
2: should have died from all the drugs he did. Right. Sure. Years and years, all the alcohol, all the drugs he did. But he survived all that just to
1: be killed in a, a helicopter, helicopter crash. accident. Yeah. It's crazy. What a hell of a way to go. So I guess that's it, man. So I put together a list of honorable mentions. I just, like, I mean, I just sat down and off the top of my head just wrote down like people that could have been on this list and who aren't. And if you guys think of anybody, you know, certainly throw them in here. Jimi Hendrix, Clapton. Jeff Beck, Keith Richards, Pete Townsend, Dwayne Allman, Carlos Santana, B.B. King, Tony Iommi, Robert Johnson, Prince, Angus Young, Les Paul, Bonnie Raitt, Joe Satriani, Nancy Wilson, Steve I, Wingy Malsteam, (laughs) Orianti, Leslie West. is awesome. Orianti's awesome. she's hot. Leslie West from Mountain, Joe Walsh, The Edge, Bo Diddley, Chuck Berry. Just, I mean, we
2: only talked about 18 of them. Right, yeah. right.
1: And it's like, we could have done a list of, I mean, Sean uh, sure. Stone's got that list of 100. Yeah. yeah. You know, just crazy. We could have We could have kept on going, man. Just really cool. I love that we all had different musicians, and the styles were all over the place.
2: Yeah, I'm glad we didn't do the cliche thing.
1: Yeah. Really cool. So, uh, yeah, man, let's... So we started a new segment the last episode. We were just talking about some music news, and I got a couple couple things, just some odds and ends that we talked about. So the first is the Wu-Tang. Woo! Woo! So the United States has sold the only copy of Wu-Tang Clan's album, Once Upon a Time, in Shaolin, to an anonymous buyer for an undisclosed amount. So if you guys follow music, uh, you realize that the Wu-Tang Clan made this album, and they decided they were only going to make one copy. They destroyed all the other copies, and... Uh, that this pharma bro and resident douchebag, Martin Skreel, shitbag uh, of the week, shitbag. He bought the album for $2 million. This is the dude that he owned a pharmaceutical company that raised the prices of a life saving drug by 5,000%. Piece of shit. Because he cornered the market and people needed the drug to survive. And he kind of like joked about it. And yeah. And He's a turd. He wound up going to jail Good. for securities fraud, and the government actually seized all of his assets. And they wah, wah. they stole this. They took this too. And now the, yeah. uh, the RZA showed up and yeah. went, Get my shit back. So and it's funny. So this turd bought the album for like two million bucks, and I guess the the Wu Tang Clan were like, "Really, man? This is the fucking dude that bought it." And yeah. this dude went all like he went he went all gangster on him. And it's like if you saw this dude, he's got like. He, he's, he's a got, clown I know, yeah, yeah he's got he's the same clown. shitty haircut as like gary oldman in the yeah. fifth sense yeah yeah, yeah. um and that the fifth uh, the fifth element yeah fifth element. and he he goes uh he starts fucking with the risen he's like i'll fucking snap the cd on fucking tv and not listen to it and then he starts t- telling the wu-tang clan like i'll send people to your house you don't know what i can do <laughs> yeah okay like, shimmy shimmy y'all shimmy y'all shimmy yay. <laughs> i was like man, well, you really like the wu-tang, you know i'm, I'm the Wu Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> um, so and whoever the go- so the government <laughs> sees this and they auctioned it off, but they haven't said to who or for how much. But oh, the man. the lawyer whoever bought it said the buyer will unveil himself mm. in the next couple of weeks. There's rumors that maybe the Wu Tang I hope so. bought it back. They put it out. Hopefully maybe. They put that'd be it great. Out. That'd but be they, awesome. But if they didn't, we will not be hearing it anytime soon. So one of the conditions of when this turd bought it. Was that the album could not be released commercially for eighty eight years, wow. and they said whoever, when the government took it, when they sold it, that person has to adhere by the same rules. Right. So unless the, the artist Method Man bought it, yeah. we're never gonna hear it. I hope so. so.
0: I hope that really does happen because people love Wu Tang Man.
2: I don't know. Maybe uh, David Geffen bought it, or maybe I hope uh, not. S- somebody no, somebody yeah. bought it. Uh, no, somebody, I knew, no, I know somebody, somebody put it out. Somebody's well, gonna put it out. Uh, well,
0: they can't. Because it has to be, by like they can't release it,
1: right? Unless the unless Wu Wu-Tang Tang buys it and has yeah. the contractual rights, I, I guess. So, um. I, I think
2: maybe just playful thinking, I think that they will buy it back and they'll release it and it'll be like the biggest Wu Tang album ever. Maybe you know what, man? This seems like, like legendary, like it's like it's like a myth, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like a it's like
1: a Banksy painting yeah. almost. Like, yeah, yeah, know, especially
2: think. all the hype in the last ten years about yeah. it. You know, you know what, what was even I, I'll listen to it. Yeah. yeah,
1: you know what was really cool, man, with the Wu Tang Clan is um the good humor like the ice cream truck theme. Yeah, you know. like did you hear about this? Like, no. apparently that is based in like an old like slave song. Like, come on, y'all, I'm oh, sure come from the field and get yeah. your watermelon kind of shit. So the RZA worked with like good humor ice cream and he made another. Like a, a track for like ice cream, and they just for trucks, and he just gave it away to everybody for free. I was like, great. Hey, man, I'm not down with this racist bullshit, yeah, yeah, and I was like, I had so much respect for that, Sure, he was like, yeah. really, really. Yeah, cool. I like him a lot, I do too. He lives near me. Does he, oh, really? does he really? Yeah, he lives in the next town over from shit, me. Shit,
2: let's go. So, you let's see go. you see him at the shop, right? I do, man. <laughs>
1: buddy, right. He comes over in my uh, my backyard. We watch uh, country music. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he, he, lives, he, he lives. Watch lives, all those Wu-Tang movies. Yeah. He, <laughs> lives, in, movies. he lives in the next Town Over from me. He lives like ten minutes from my That'd house. be the shit if you ran <laughs> into him. Ran into him like like Aldi or something. Yeah, yeah. Put
2: your woo up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, all right, man. Uh next. Uh, A new song from Guns N' Roses. So Guns N' Roses released their first new song since the shitty Chinese democracy 13 years ago. The song is actually a reworked version of an older song called Silkworms that was never released. I hadn't heard it yet. I mentioned I was going to read this today, Doug, and you were like, Dude, I
2: feel like I'm ripped off. I read something that the only version of that song ever released was on their pinball machine. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It, I have, have you heard it yet? Have you heard the song? Oh, yeah. Have you? I haven't. It's it. fucking I, horrible. Is it? Here, I got it.
0: This, oh, is, yeah. what they're, this is what they released after 30 years. I feel fucking ripped off. Since you can only play 30 seconds, maybe
1: we should get into it a little bit. Here we go. I don't need to hear anymore. No, it's, I was thinking the guitar. Whatever I was it is, thinking the, the intro. The uh, the effect on his voice it was like, it's ooh, fucking god yeah. awful. He yeah. puts that
2: megaphone thing on. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. I don't hate it. I hate it. I don't hate it. It's. I, I it, like the guitar work. I, said, I like I the just, guitar I work. Like I like the bass. I like.
2: Yeah. I even like the effect on his voice. It's just something that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I them. I think
0: they could have done better. And I, I I'm not necessarily say I'm not necessarily saying that you're one of these people, but they're fans out there you can put out dog shit and they're gonna fucking yeah, like it yeah. they haven't put shit out in yeah no this is great anything like i hate people who even if it's a director of a movie or this or that like they put something out and they're they're not they don't want to hear like what it really is they're they already have their minds met up and i think that's
1: fucking bullshit yeah that sounded more like a, China, a song off a of Chinese yeah. democracy to me it's a ripoff dude. okay it's i like it axel keep it coming all right uh fish on the beach Yes. The yes. band Fish played three nights on the beach Holy in Atlantic shit. City. shit! More than thirty thousand people piled onto the beach and boardwalk each night to hear the band play. And the one night they had thirty-eight thousand people. Yeah. I, you guys were there. Yeah. I was there for two nights. I was there for Sunday. Ryan was there for Saturday. Saturday Sunday.
2: night had to be the thirty-eight thousand people. Dude. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I saw some pictures of it. It was, it was so, crazy. B- dude. It was like Rolling Stones big, like. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I was expecting to go to a fish show. Like it's not a big deal. It's just a regular show, but I get there and it's this huge event. Yeah. It's like the stage and the further back, there's video screens and then go back further. There's more video screens and speakers. I'm like, holy shit, how many people are here? See, I was surprised by that they had the screens because Fish never does anything like that. Yeah. Well, that's how big it was. I see, That's, that's my, how big it was.
0: I was very happy to go. Dude, it was in the beach. You walk over and get into the water, man. It was
2: really a really diff- cool great scene. experience. The weather was beautiful. Yeah. The, the just hanging out in the sand all day yeah, was great. It was a great thing, but it was too big, dude. It was it, so. It big. was too big. It was like for you know a a real fish fan that goes to see the Madison Square Garden all the time. It was it was more of a drag because it was on the sand. Yeah, and it was just like yeah. really hard to stand up all day and. Yeah. you know I liked it.
0: Like, it's just like we're beach people, you know. What I mean, so that's why I liked about it. But like, like I said, it was just too big, man. You it could, was like no photo. No, it was it was great. But like you I partied
2: say- my ass off for two
0: days. <laughs> I definitely should have <laughs> drove home. <laughs>
1: no, you shouldn't have. And maybe, I don't know, man, maybe it was so many people because people haven't been to a big show in a long no, time, yeah, man. Yeah. It's been a year and a half. And- that was,
2: that's why I felt like I had to get it all in. Yeah. yeah. That was actually
0: my first show since seeing Fish was my last show before the pandemic. Before the pandemic. So it was kind of like poetic,
1: I guess. Yeah. Which, again, this leads us into the last story about big shows. And uh, so Live Nation is going to start requiring proof of vaccination or negative COVID tests. So the country's largest concert promoter says people will need to show proof of a vaccination or a negative COVID test in order to attend shows at their venue starting this fall. Uh, Live Nation said that the rules are going to apply to the musicians as well as the audiences and goes into effect October 4th. The company has not said if it will offer refunds to people who are denied entry to a show. And similarly, AEG, who's also another really big concert thing, they've said no negative test. It's you have to have proof of vaccination or not. And Doug, you were, we were talking at McCusker's before we came over here and set up that you guys are going to see the dead this weekend. Yeah. yeah. And they announced like suddenly, right? Here's my thing. I don't care if you're vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated,
0: it's your business, it's your world. You can do whatever you want to do in it. But coming down on a show that tickets have already been sold to, you're gonna have people scrambling. You spent like you spent money on this fucking thing, and automatically you're gonna be expected to show like information yeah. to get into a show. Well. So, like they should like originally I thought they were gonna like wait until like. September,
1: yeah, or like whatever, which would have made more sense. And it was like, if you bought pit, I remember this when the tickets went on sale or whatever. They were like, Well, if you want to sit in the pit, you have yeah, to have a yeah. vaccination, otherwise, but to so spring
2: this on people is it's not all a sudden. Now, I'm pretty deep in the Grateful Dead world, I keep my eye on everything. They've been talking about this for months, like, have they? Yes, like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You're gonna have to go to a show, you're fish. And the Grateful Dead have a huge campaign to be vaccinated. I saw fish saying that. Come to our show, be vaccinated, wear a mask. We're trying to keep our community together. And I think that's the most responsible fucking thing you can do is for your community is to get vaccinated. If you want to go out and have a good time in the future, this is how it's going to be for right now. Maybe not for a long time. But there's a chance that you're not going to a fucking baseball game unless you're vaccinated. I'm sorry. It, no, it's common. But know? I just
0: think they could have... You're not going to be know. able to go anywhere. You're not going to be no, able to fly anywhere. I'm with anywhere. you. I'm with you're you, not going to do shit.
2: But, uh, you can't go to the movies. It's a fucking bummer, man. You can't man. go to the fucking restaurant. You can't go to the fucking bar down the street Yeah. Be, unless you're vaccinated. You can go
1: in. If not, you can't go in there. I think it just should have been a little bit more runway. Like, exactly. It I get like nation more. saying it now, like, okay, it goes into effect in October. Like, yeah. Okay. Not, not like a show that's happening in two days. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's in two days.
0: Yeah. But they, they've been leading up to it, but the article I read two weeks ago, like, Oh, in these certain cities, Philadelphia was not mentioned in this city because yeah. I read this article. Well,
2: Philadelphia, you know, now is it the is. most fucked up place to live in, right? And they just spring shit on you because you know,
0: in the wonderful world of Philadelphia, they just put the, uh, put the mask back on us. So they yeah. come in the McCusker's Tavern, you have to wear a mask when you walk in.
1: Well, I think it's coming to New Jersey next oh, uh, week too. Yeah, though, so. yeah.
0: I'm waiting for a lot of shit. Just let pop me get up.
2: through my concerts and yeah. Then we got the Stones in whatever. October, October third. Guns and Roses next week. Yeah, yeah.
1: two weeks. I man, so that's the news. That's a that's a fun segment. I think we're gonna start making part of our uh, regular I show I love it. Yeah, yeah I think it's a, great a, idea. a fun yeah. idea to kind of kick around some 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 stuff and talk about the wu tang clan. Second thought. So we got some feedback on our Ramones versus the London calling episode. So Pantheon Podcast posted something on their Twitter account about which album was more influential. They retweeted us. Oh, very nice. And uh they had they got some feedback. So uh Twitter user I Love Rich. Uh which probably means I love dick, picked, <laughs> picked the Remote. He said, the Ramones, not even close. The Clash are good, but horribly overrated. Bullshit. The Ramones are one of the best rock bands ever, yes. even if 25% of the people wearing their T-shirts can't name one of their songs. <laughs> I agree with you on that, the part that horribly overrated. The Clash, I disagree with. Absolutely. And then uh, another podcast called the Cobra Fire podcast said both were major influent- influencers and selling T-shirts to people who never heard the records. (laughs) So both of them are a little bit more cynical than we were. And then we got some feedback uh, on our Facebook page. So Ben Smith from Portland, Maine said, The Ramones all the way. I don't even really like them, but their influence has been astronomic. Dan Eisner from Boston said, London Calling is one of the best albums of all time, but the Ramones eponymous, parentheses plus three pretentious critic points for using that word, might be more influential. Uh, Dan Blank said, "You probably already know my answer. London Calling. There are thousands of album covers with a band standing in front of a wall trying to look cool and tough, but that photo of Paul smashing his bass on stage, taking by chance at the just the right moment, is legendary. It's also funny that they copied Elvis Presley's album lettering and colors just to take the piss out of the King. That's wrong. And then, uh, sorry, Dan, that was wrong. <laughs> Mikey Hack." said it is difficult because they were both very influential in different ways, kind of like what you say about Velvet Underground's first album. It only sold 10,000 copies initially, but everyone that bought it went out and started a band. Without Malcolm ruining the New York Dolls and hearing the Ramones, you might not have gotten the Sex Pistols, which definitely led to the formation of The Clash. Yeah. So, a yeah. little bit of everything. Appreciate I like the it. feedback, I could, guys.
2: Definitely. I want to... Uh... Give a special shout out to our New Zealand friends out there.
1: Yeah, man, we've somehow wound up being the number one pod music commentary podcast, podcast. in New Zealand. Yeah,
2: all those guys down under, I yeah, guess the
1: Kiwis. And then we're uh, number four in Hungary. In Hungary, so yeah,
2: we're making our way through Hungary and uh, <laughs> New Zealand, <laughs> taking <It goes laughs> over the
1: the world one one uh, weird country at a time. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be huge in Belgium, guys. We are, we are here. We come, guys. All right, man. Uh, The Electric Chair. Electric Chair is where we kill off a song for being terrible. Sponsored by our friends at Lunacy Brewing Company at 1500 West Kings Highway in Haddon Heights, New Jersey. You can check them out on social media or at lunacybrewingcompany.com. Doug, I believe this week it is your pick. What do you got?
0: All right. So if you guys didn't know, Tom Hanks has a son that's a fucking clown. His name is... You got to give me a second. Chet.
1: Yeah. Chet Hanks. Yeah. Oh, he spells it Hanks H-A-N-X. Yeah, That's right.
0: Yeah, he's a fucking clown. I
1: it's couldn't a, just find him on Spotify. Yeah, right, yeah.
0: So he has a song called White Boys Summer. This guy, like if you ever seen like malibu's most wanted or like just somebody who typical came from money. Rich ty- t- kid. Typical rich kid. He's an embarrassment to his whole fucking family. Do we have it?
2: can we hear the song? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: God, That's I him going Uh back. Not hot
2: right. <laughs> Fuck Yeah <laughs> Fuck it. Turn it up. The beat on my
0: headphones. a bit. He has like this fake when he kicks
1: and he has this Fake Jamaican White fucking boy.
3: accent. I a bad
1: So his his dad's gotta be going back to the Zoltar machine saying yeah, yeah. I, wish I, yeah. wish I, I wish I wish I I wish my Right.
0: But his dad totally cut him the fuck off. Right. But he like, wa- he
1: wants to go back to the deserted island. Yeah. cast away.
0: He got it, like yeah. on on this guy chat, whatever his name is. He got it, like, on like on Instagram, whatever. Ask people to send the money and shit. You know.
1: I, I put in his name in Spotify, and one of the pictures come up. He's skinny ass, and he's wearing this tie dye shirt, and he's holding two handguns. Yeah. And his, like, does he look like his dad? Yeah, he just no. He just looks like a bro. He, he's, he looks like he should have been in Woodstock
3: 99. Yeah, he just. Yeah. Alright, okay, ahead. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah.
1: we sentence you to death.
2: Yeah. That was awful, dude. That was
1: a that good thing. I it's just
0: like just, just the person himself, who he is, I think he's a Ugh. slob.
1: He's an absolute slob. Fuck him. Spelling his last name with an X. Oh, okay. All right. And we don't need to. We'll never mention him ever again. There's no reason to. No, no. Forrest is cutting him off. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for episode 24. If you like what you hear, please consider checking us out on social media. Hit the follow button on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five star review. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Our website is PrisonersOfRockAndRoll.com, and you can always email us at prisoners of rock and roll at gmail.com. If you're in or visiting Philadelphia, man, stop by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in South Philadelphia. Ryan or Doug are usually behind the bar, and they love talking to everybody about music. Uh, and if you can't make it to Philly, man, we'll send you some stickers. Just reach out to us on social media or shoot us an email, and we will hook you up. We talked about a lot of kick-ass guitar music tonight. We publish a playlist to go with every episode that's on Spotify and Apple Music so you can listen to the full songs and not just the 30 seconds that we can only play so we don't get our asses sued. you know, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. They are pretty much like the MTV of music podcasts before when MTV was good. So a lot <laughs> of really, really cool shows, including us, of course. You can check them out. Scheduling note, we're going to take an extra week off for Labor Day, so we will be back on September 13th with a new episode. That's it, everybody. All right. Good times. Good times. This was fun tonight, guys. Later on.
2: Keep on rocking. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> Prince now!